0: This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries
1: Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale and honored to be part of
0: the following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network Entertainment here. five tom whoa all right what a high fivers? it's your boy high five tom uh unfortunately our good friend uh mr william mercer jr was is not with us this week uh will best of luck with everything our best of, uh we're sending our best wishes but uh as mentioned last week we do have a fantastic guest here uh close personal friend of uh ring of honor reverie mr ant money of the mark order podcast ant money how are you tonight my friend
2: I'm good, sir. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it took so long, but uh, glad we're getting a little Shining Wizards podcast network synergy going on here finally. So,
2: we love synergy. We talk about it on Wednesday nights when we do our our show, the corporate synergy. We love it uh, on the Shining Wizards network too. We we yeah. hope for more of it in the future.
0: Yeah, there. Uh, I mean, you guys being the number one show on the Shining Wizards network. I mean, flagship. Like yeah. So. You know it. We're the A show. Yeah, you know. And listen, we were talking pre-production, not to be uh sucking anybody's dick, but I was down since day one. You know when it More. was park order, and we were we were talking like I was telling Ann. I I actually remember uh they pulled a little gag on us saying they weren't doing uh the bonus show anymore, and I remember exactly where what block I was on when I heard that on my iPod. So yeah, you were
2: you were certainly a day one guy, Tom. So. <laughs> Yeah, we are, appreciate the support.
0: Yeah, we're uh, we're all in this together, so and uh, we owe that a lot, obviously, to the Shining Wizards Discord. But we're uh, we're done hobnobbing there uh, here real quick. But uh, other than that, morning, how's uh, how's life been?
2: Good, man. Just uh, trying to get to the holidays and into twenty twenty four, and you know, no complaints here. There's uh, a lot of wrestling on TV, so that's interesting these days. I mean, I'm sort of sticking to one thing here, but. Yeah, You know, there's a lot to watch. There's a lot to do around the holidays, so I'm just living life, man.
0: There is. I mean, it is really utterly ridiculous. Um, I, unfortunately, have not been watching much AEW. Um, obviously, anyone that listens to this show or anything, but the simple fact is the competition that they've spurned has really trickled down to, like, smaller companies. Yes, AEW has unfortunately taken a lot of talent. Um, affected a lot of companies that, that I may hold dear, but um, on my show, the the other show, the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup, there were twenty two shows one weekend within six hours drive of me.
3: That's wild.
0: But, yeah, and this you know they may not be good shows. They're obviously not big shows, but I mean just you know that independent wrestling is is thriving. I always tell people, man, I said just go see a small indie show. You know, yeah. I guarantee there is probably at least one within a hundred miles of anywhere that's listening to this
2: yeah i mean here in new jersey there's a, always a ton of shows uh what's it we've got wrestle pro who's one of the bigger ones here is it wrestle pro i can't remember i think so yeah i think it is wrestle pro so wrestle pro is one of the bigger ones that runs here in like raw all the time on like a monthly basis there's uh pro wrestling magic uh i know Br- uh brunnan's been to a bunch of those shows we went to one or two of those you know with my little guy we took him too to 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 wrestle pro, you know, once uh, or twice. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to see, man, and it's it's a good entryway into, you know, wrestling. And I feel like it's it's good, like you said, you know, support the local shows. But like, if you don't know if you really are like into wrestling, go see an indie show because like that's the best way to experience. I mean, I think the best way to experience wrestling is sort of live. Like, it's totally different than sitting and watching it on TV. And if you enjoy watching it live at an indie show, like then you got a lot more to get into. I mean, YouTube now and everybody's got a streaming service, like the world's at your fingertips, but certainly going to the local shows, you're going to see those stars that are eventually going to make you to television. Cause they are out there all over the place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if not, it's just, uh, you know, I I've made so many friends just going to shows live um you know i've been fortunate to sh- you know see shows in your neck of the woods i mean you, you and i have actually seen three shows together um yeah all, all we actually sat by each other but that was just kind of dumb luck on my well, one part on the the final final battle show but shout out to my buddy and how the fuck i lucked myself in the front row seats i don't know but uh um, uh did i ever tell you that i actually on the way home from that show um i was standing in line with pj black of tsa for like 20 minutes just talking mm-hmm. about life and it was pretty funny. So I was just like, we were just talking, like, you know, I'm like, um, like, hey, great show. I am just started talking, blah, blah. And then we got up to the line. He's like, are you guys with each other? He's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, we go way back, like, 20 minutes. Like, the TSA guys, like, thought we were friends. And then Braun Strowman was on both my flights.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, and God.
0: He was in Wisconsin. So well, he was sitting in coach, too.
2: Did you know that uh, the next morning of that show, we ran into Jay Briscoe and a Dunkin' Donuts?
0: I remember
3: that
2: one. So it was so funny because you had you had we I mean, were at the bar the night before at the hotel, like you know, and and you know, all the wrestlers were sort of staying at the hotel. Now they had like their a final party um uh that night. So like we were just hanging out in the bar seeing sort of who was there. Uh and um You know, we stayed up super late. So we went to get coffee the next morning, not expecting to see anybody.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, And it was just Jay and his wife uh, in in the Dunkin Donuts line. And we all kind of like me and Matt and Kate kind of like elbowed each other. We weren't going to bother anybody. And then he got his stuff and walked by us. And I don't know if somebody was wearing something wrestling related or if he just saw us and was like, yeah, these people are definitely into wrestling. But he gave us like, what's up, guys? And we were like, great show last night.
0: Yeah. Have you, is that the only time you ever get to meet him?
2: Yeah. You know, I, um, I don't, I don't really do the meet and greet thing and it's not because like, uh, I don't want to spend money to meet and greet people. It's just like, it's just not my thing. Like I don't, I don't need pictures with people. And like, you know, I don't want people to sign stuff. Like it's just not something I do. And I just never, like when I see people like athletes or, you know, uh, musicians or anything like that out in the wild, I don't necessarily want to bother them, so like I don't even want to like go up to people, even if it was somebody like, okay, I know they're from a band, they're not like Metallica, right? But they're like somebody I know, you know, on a club level, right. you know. It's like I don't even want to open the door for like, hey, maybe somebody else knows who this person is, and now I go up to them, and now I got to worry about other people coming. Like I just know, like you're, these people are just trying to live their everyday life. So I've, I never really. You know, approach that. So, long answer to your question, no.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm not, and I feel bad. Like I feel like I should take more pictures, but, um, but I did get a chance to beat Mark and Jay and a, a meet and greet. Listen, I usually don't do those. But yeah, I mean, it was um Dalton Castles on that one. Um, I got to meet, oh. meet Anna um you know i get the briscoes so it was it was cool i mean they were super nice and i don't get star stark very often but yeah meeting those two i had met mark once actually at final final battle he was just going around taking pictures after yeah. I was by the whole briscoe clan because we were sitting in that corner and yes. we, it, all of lowell delaware was like right there so like all these little kids kept running and running me over in my seat and i'm like you i'm like Man. get out of here I better watch my mouth here because, I've you know, but I saw Papa Briscoe in the hallway that one. So, but I was glad I, I did get a chance to meet them. Um, but yeah, besides Bret Hart, me and those two was really the only time I really kind of got starstruck. So. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, those are good ones.
0: Yeah. Oh, I met Speedball that same. Yeah. Speedball's on that same meet and greet. So.
2: Well, that's a good one too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Santana's a great dude too. I like that guy. I was rocking my wizard shirt, man. And so we talked to him for a couple minutes. So.
2: One of the that reminds me, you said Wizard shirt. One of those shows we went to, what was it? Maybe Free Enterprise, which actually free enterprise was the trip uh we took. It was actually me, Matt, the doctor, and Kate. And that trip sort of was what started like the idea, maybe for bonus content, like further down the line. Cause yeah. COVID was just sort of on the sort of like top like in the back of everybody's brain and then it sort of became really bad so like um so uh that car trip i think like everybody thought like we have a lot of fun talking shit together and like we clearly like wrestling so it was like let's do the bonus content but the reason i say this when you said shining wizard shirt was matt made a big deal like hey we're sitting in the front row we should be wearing a like a let's wear shining wizard shirt and i was like I don't have a shirt. You never gave me a shirt.
3: <laughs> he gave me a
2: shirt. He gave me a pink and black, which is great. I still have it. Um, And so uh, he gave me a pink and black. So we get there and I threw the shirt on. And then the show ends. And as soon as that show ended, I took the shirt off. Matt was like, what the fuck? You just took the shirt off right away. I was like, yeah, Matt. I was like, I did it because I was sitting in the front row.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember I met... um. Discord family member uh Carrie calling once because I had a Shining Wizards and she was in Wisconsin because she's a California girl, um, but she was in Wisconsin because yeah the um the major fingers pot guys were there for uh for for Swoggle's, uh promotion so oh she's cool like, yeah she's like sh-, she's like is that Shining I'm like, yeah. I'm like yeah I'm like she's like so I was like oh it's like we're long lost friends so that was pretty cool nice yeah I love shit like that so yeah I'm, I'm just I mean wrestling brings people together well should bring people together sometimes it divides people but you know it is what it is so
2: yeah i mean for the yeah. most part i like to see it as bringing people together
0: you know and i think when people interact like in real life it brings people together you know it's like i mean you, you um if you stay off social media there's none of that none of that really crazy tribal bullshit like in real life like, yeah you see it the
2: show it's just weird yeah no you're absolutely right it's yeah. I hate social media yeah but, um,
0: that. yeah i won't go into the social impact of, of what social media is done to people in general so that's another soapbox for another time but
2: different podcast
0: yeah but we do have a couple of questions of dishonor and if i missed any will's usually one does this because i suck at social media um let me turn off i was watching rocky three before we came on here so are you a rocky guy at all hey money I wouldn't say
2: like, I love Rocky, like people from Philadelphia love Rocky, but I do enjoy Rocky. I, uh, I much like every, well, I say like everybody else, but I think most people, when you're like, what's your favorite Rocky? I hear the number four and I tend to agree yeah. Maybe because that was the one when I was a kid, like I watched the most, but I do enjoy the whole series.
0: Yeah, four was like watching as a a more mature adult, I use the word mature very loosely, was better than I remember as a kid. I was a little bit older for that one. Um, Three was kind of my go-to. We got three. I I remember one time we actually taped it off TV. And the first time my parents let me alone. Um, You know, my parents were working. So like, okay, you can come home after school. You don't have to go to the babysitter. So I remember having my, uh, my great crush. And A bag of combos and watching Rocky Three for the first time I was in the house by myself, so
2: it's a great yeah. snack, by the way.
0: Yeah, that's just uh, you know, I do what I can, and just, Mr. T, and this is great in that movie, so
2: yeah, Clubber Lang, perhaps one of the hardest names I've ever heard in my life. Also, a great hardcore band that used to be from New Jersey,
0: I was just gonna say, and also a band, so uh, nice. They they haven't reunited recently, have they? I mean, it seems like a lot of people from our neck of the... I mean, E-Town Concrete's almost bigger than ever, I guess. Um, E-Town Concrete
2: in New Jersey will always be big. Um, That's not even... That that had to be a joke, Tom. I'm not even going to... I'm going to pretend you didn't even, you know, act like E-Town Concrete's not ever been a big thing because, you know, I'm sitting here in New Jersey. But anyway um
0: yeah from that band that's another story itself so
2: (laughs) well that you're right uh and that was sort of given to me because of that reason so uh that's funny um but uh yeah no i don't think clubber lang i think they were like a short not a short-lived thing but they were definitely more of an underground thing i don't think they've done anything recently or sort of like reunited but yeah i mean uh Hard name for, for a character in a movie, harder name for a for a band.
0: And they and they fit the fucking profile. So absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if I have any hardcore or uh, hard copy hard. I know I got a little bit on my my uh, my laptop, but I don't know if I have any hard copies of that stuff though.
2: I definitely don't. Uh that was certainly a little bit before my time. Like, you know, I came into hardcore later, you know, like uh I I'd say when I was in like high school. You know, uh, I, I thought Hardcore was like stupid. Like I was like, I don't get it. Like it sounds like shit. And they're just yelling. But it was because I, I think a lot of it that I'd heard at the time, the production value sucked. And then like when Hatebreed put out Perseverance and the production was actually good, I was like, oh, this stuff rules. Yeah. You know, like you listen to Perseverance and then go back to listen to, and listen to like Under the Knife. You're like the difference in production is is night and day. So, I think it for me, it was just like sonically hearing it produced well changed my mind. But I don't have, I definitely don't have any Clubberlang uh, hard copies of anything. If somebody has it, they could certainly get in touch with me and send it to me.
0: Yeah, but- I, I wouldn't sell. Um, I bet you I'm wondering my buddy Art might have some. So, yeah, I was pretty lucky. I got into it, yeah, mid 90s, kind of like when they're coming back on that upswing. You know, you got the sick of it all scratch the surface. Cause I mean, 92 was the year. Because it was yeah, biohazards, urban discipline. Obviously, on headbanger's ball was the was the problem for me, you know. So from being some fucking skinny kid from the you know rural Wisconsin, so yeah, uh, yeah. My buddy Artless, that he was really kind of he actually ran his own zine for a little while, so he was really plugged in. So I got a lot of shit from him. So that's where I first heard Fury Five. He had a couple interviews with those guys.
2: Those guys rule.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they're uh, uh, yeah, they're back actually, um. Their last single, "We Are Ready," is really fucking good. Came yeah, State Records, I think. That
2: I honestly don't know. I'd have to look that up, but I I do know that they've done. They've been like, I feel like more active lately than they've been in a long time. So, yeah, uh, yeah their stuff is
0: awesome. Yeah, I was uh I never got to see them. They were supposed to play, it was called Roystock uh, for one of the guys from Cold's Life in Detroit. They had this big hardcore festival in the middle of field, like in the middle of fucking nowhere in Michigan. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they know show. But Blood for Blood played. I am probably say I've seen Blood for Blood four times and only twice it ended up in a riot. So I am you know I'm fifty fifty on Blood for Blood. So
2: there you go. Well, I mean, two bands you in there Blood for Blood, great. Uh cold is life, also great. So, so you're hitting all
0: you're hitting all the right notes, Tom. Yeah, it was uh it was it was a good time in hardcore. So I'm I'm still a suicidal. I mean, suicidal tensie's still my band though. I know they're technically not hardcore and I know they're definitely not East Coast, but yeah once uh, that's really embarrassing to say. I
2: mean uh you know it doesn't make you a bad person. I mean, I'll tell you, I've never seen suicidal tendencies and it's not because I wouldn't, it's just, I've never
0: taken the opportunity.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I appreciate mean, I, what they've done.
0: Yeah. I'm a, yeah, that's, that, that's my shit. So, um, suicidal. And then, yeah, sick of all is my second for band. I know they're in New York, they're not New Jersey, but you know,
2: Hey, I hear it all. I'm right here.
0: Yeah. Cause, um, you no, know, we're both you and Gina, like in college radio for a while.
2: We were. So we went to two different schools uh, and we met at an internship uh, at a promotion company. Uh, So uh, she was on the radio at Montclair state and I was on the radio at Scranton. So Mm -hmm. she did though, her show was more like industrial dark. Oh God, I don't want her to, I don't want to get it wrong, but I feel like it was definitely industrial and like maybe dark wave and, and shit like that. And my show was straight up like, in the college format, it was called loud rock. So it was anything hardcore metal, you know, um, anything not alternative, you know? So even some of the bands at the time that would sort of cross over both worlds, like, um, like a Thursday, I know that's not, doesn't necessarily sound, you know, like hard rock or loud rock, but certain songs fit the format. Same thing with like, um, oh shit, a day to remember. That when their first album on victory came out, that hit both formats. But like it was a lot of like, you know, uh Kill Switch Engage, uh Chimera, Unearth, you know, like the whole New England, you know, wave of metal core was just taking off, you know. So a lot of those bands, Shadows Fall, Unearth, Kill Switch Engage, God Forbid from New Jersey. Um, you know, just a ton of really good music. And I'm still stuck in that time period. So
0: it's definitely, I mean, it's tough to break out of. And I just thought, I don't know why I should have you and Gina on my Chopping Up series, talk about all that stuff. So we'll maybe do more of a deep dive someday if you guys are down. Because you guys both have great voices for radio, by the way.
2: Oh, thanks. I hate the sound of my voice. So it's good to hear somebody else say, that my voice sounds good because I will never listen to it. Like, even like Joe's been cutting uh, Joe from Mark Order podcast has been cutting those reels for us. Yeah. And I have watched it just to see what's in the reel because then I'll go post it in some places too. And I hate hearing my own voice.
0: So, like, I'm it's the a nightmare. I'm the same way. I know it's just like, but to someone who's listening to probably well over. At least two three hundred hours of your Delta tones. I mean, I think I can at least say you know. I don't say I, I'm an expert, but I mean you know. Well, thank you. Yeah, but uh, no, you guys do both. But yeah, we should do that one of these days. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll reconvene. I don't know why it took me long to say unless I I've been kicked in the head a lot. Um, actually, yeah, my last concussion was actually at a mad ball show. Hey,
2: that's you. another New York hardcore.
0: Yeah, so uh, shout out to Hoya Rock. His podcast is really really good. Called the Smoking Word. Um, nice. Also, yeah, Toby Morris of H2O, another one of my favorite bands. So, a um, good I, one. You know, people say they're pop punk, but I mean, I, I still think, call them a hardcore band from their roots, but um, yeah. yeah, I was lucky enough to see H2O here in Milwaukee on the day their first album came out. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow.
2: Yeah. They're one, of, they're another one of those bands that sort of, you know, sort of, uh, toes the line between like i would say like if you're looking at it a format you know like an alternative or a a loud rock format like they definitely you know sort of toe that line so i get it like pop punk punk, hardcore like at the end of the day if you're into it whatever it is you're into it oh
0: that's all that fucking matters so yeah Uh, are both are both those stations still going the ones you guys worked at
2: yeah yeah i um i honestly don't know too much of any more about what's going on at, uh, at, at, WUSR in Scranton, 99.5 WUSR. Um, I mean, my shows used to be, I did a 10 to 12 shift when I actually, like I started as a DJ and then my sophomore year I was the loud rock director. So I got all the music. I did all the ads. I did all that kind of stuff. And then My junior year, I was still the loud rock director. I did that for three years from sophomore to senior year. But then I added on program director my junior year. So I did all the scheduling. So that's when I got a good time slot from 10 to 12, because that's when we're allowed to play that format. And then um, I was my station manager my senior year, as well as a loud rock director. So I had good times. But when I first started as a DJ in college, I did either 12 to two or i might have even done a two to four i can't remember but those were nobody was listening i know nobody was listening that late at night 10 to 12 i did get some hits so was good. but i i know too where gina was to answer your question where gina was is still going on too i'm sure both of them um i don't i don't remember I don't remember her radio stations call n- numbers it might be 90.3 wmsc but um but you could certainly i'm sure listen to both stations online um now you know everything's streaming
0: yeah well it's funny you mention that yeah because the station here in milwaukee on uh, 91.7 also wmsc for the milwaukee school of engineering yeah they've been going on for 42 years um and we volunteer just like for like fundraisers and stuff like that. But I, mm-hmm. I, I don't like I don't try not to do regrets. Um, obviously it's tough not to. But I kind of wish like in the early two thousands I had been more proactive in the radio station. Um, I probably could have started DJing, but um, you know that was all volunteering and stuff like that because that's when I was yeah. pretty. I would say you know rather heavily involved in the scene and stuff like that. So were those positions paying? So you weren't volunteering; those were actually paid positions. You so. Know? they weren't,
2: they weren't really paid positions. Like I got a stipend, you know, but it wasn't like anything. It was like a hundred dollars a month. You know what I mean? Like, I guess for a college kid, that's pretty good. But I also had people I know who like worked for the gym on campus and like, they would like, you know, swipe your card to get into the gym and they were getting paid hourly. So I think there were months where they were definitely making more money than I was making a hundred bucks. But I was working at the radio station, so I didn't care, you know, but it was definitely something that um, DJs was totally voluntary. Even the the positions at the station, if you wanted to be a music director or anything else, it was all just, you know, sign up. And if we have multiple people, somehow we we held interviews or something. I have no idea. I don't remember. But they were, it was all sort of like, if you want to do it, you sort of volunteer. And if there are multiple people, we'll sort of interview you and figure out who fits the spot. But um, but yeah, it was it was wild. Well when I Scranton, like I said, was ninety-nine point five on the FM dial, which was in the middle of the commercial band. So we couldn't play at the time I was there, we couldn't play anything remotely commercial. So, like if I wanted to play Metallica, I couldn't. I couldn't even play a deep cut because it was some sort it was explained to me, and it could be total bullshit but it was explained to me that it was an agreement that the school made with the other commercial stations so that we wouldn't take any of the listeners away and mess with their ad dollars or something like that so we were even though we were a college station and like a lot of college stations you know might play like a metallica or stuff like that like we couldn't play any metallica or like iron maiden or anything that would potentially be on mainstream radio so like for example when I was in college, I don't remember when it came out, but the first killer record, killer's record came out. And I remember listening to it in the office with the alternative director. And we both looked at each other and were like, they're going to be huge. So like they started spinning it immediately. Like as soon as it was able to get put on the radio, they put it on the radio. And then as soon as it started catching air on the commercial station, they had to pull it off the wall. We couldn't play it anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because 99.5, that's actually pretty deep on the radio dial for a college radio station.
2: Yeah, and we were, uh, so it was a college station, but it was also um, a community station, so there were also people on our airwaves who were just community members, Um, so like, you know, if Tom Brown from, you know, from Dunmore wanted to do a a polka radio show, he could, you know, like we had this sort of a you know, accommodate it. But, um, yeah, it was a ton of fun and, uh, it was something I was glad to do. And I feel like I had other things I wanted to do. If I went to other colleges, like radio wasn't even something I thought of. So I I'm thankful that everything shook out the way it did, because honestly, Tom, if I didn't do, if I didn't go to school where I did, and then I didn't get involved with radio and then I didn't get my internship, I would never have met Gina and then eventually have my family. It's honestly not true. Yeah. That's,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's uh, wild. Yeah. It's, it's the universe works in very mysterious ways for sure. So that's right. Yeah. Do kids even listen to the radio station anymore? It's like, you kind of wonder, like, when, I mean, our age, man, that's all we did, you know, especially by me, cause I didn't have cable, you know, it's not like, you know, we had the the video thing where you could send in, you could pay three, you know, $3 to play your video that the music. Box. Yeah. Um, but I mean, all I did was listen to the radio. Cause that's the only way I could get, could, could, I could consume music. So.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I did the same thing. Uh, I had, uh, my clock radio. It's funny. Cause me and Mrs. Bunny talk about all the time. Like we, we both had the same thing. Like we had a clock radio, so we'd have the radio. And I, I told her like, I would go to bed with the radio and there were some nights where like, you know, I couldn't fall asleep. And then it would be like midnight and all of a sudden Loveline would come on with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. And like, I always was like, I probably shouldn't be listening to this, but I love it. Yeah. So um, like I listened to like music, but then I also, you know, would listen to sports talk and then. At a certain period in New York City, they had uh, WNEW, which was all talk. That was where like Opie and Anthony started and Ron and Fez and stuff like that. So, um, so like I listen to a lot of like FM talk as well, you know, like the comedy stuff. So I used to love listening to the radio, but now it seems like everything's streaming. Or if people are listening to the talk, they're honestly listening to shit like this on a podcast format. Yeah. Um, and yeah, everything is streaming, so you almost don't need um a radio station. And honestly, Tom, I listen to satellite radio now. If I listen to if I listen to radio, it's usually satellite because there's really no commercials. So like I'll just put on satellite, but it's really weird because um you know like if there are certain not if, there uh, I don't remember which service it was. Maybe it was Spotify. I swear I just read something about certain streaming platforms, giving you the ability to add on an AI DJ. So like if you wanted to spin a station, let's say it was like 2000s hardcore, there may be an option to have a DJ on that station, but it would be an AI DJ. So it wouldn't even be a live person. It would just be completely generated. That is sick.
0: I mean that's a great idea, but goddamn! I mean, Is it wild? You know, I mean we're not that far away from Terminator. You know, I mean the the machines taking over. So I know, I know. God damn, that's a that's bananas. So, um, yeah, it's. I mean, I still try to listen to my local college radio station. We got free uh free satellite radio with our with our car, and I was just. I don't know man like none of the stations I used to listen to like 41 it was uh, fuck, what was it called that was like the punk rock skater station I know Jason Ellis is on there all the time oh faction yeah I don't even yeah. think of the station anymore um, liquid metal wasn't bad you know I think our prescription just ran out but uh, I always did like the hair nation going back to my hair metal roots you know yeah. so they always play good stuff but yeah it just doesn't seem the same like I don't know so, so I remember the days before the merger,
2: before Sirius and XM merged, and I had an XM radio, and um, it's funny. I was just talking to somebody about this too. Maybe it was Mrs. Money. Uh, but before the merger, I felt like XM had way better music channels. Like their uh, like extreme metal channel, whatever it was called at the time. It might have, it might have been Liquid Metal on XM, and it stayed in the merger. Yeah. But they used to play stuff that was like way extreme. Like that was the first place I heard Brain Drill mm-hmm. and they were like an extremish band. They would play like Deicide and, you know, Cannibal Corpse and Rotting Christ and all this weird stuff. And now they won't touch that shit with like a ten-foot pole. Now you'll hear Slayer 20 times a day. It's just weird.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, I do remember I was out, I was living out in Idaho and I had my satellite radio, uh, the last time the Packers won the Super Bowl, though, but I got to listen to the, the home team broadcast. So I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere in Idaho. So that was cool. Cause I had, yeah, I had satellite radio cause I didn't really have, I didn't really have in, access to internet or anything. So I lived and right. I had the portable one so I could take it to work. Yep. You know, I had a little antenna on it. So and everything and stuff like that. So I listened to me. Yeah. Cause I would, and, like, if I couldn't sleep, I would throw in that comedy, to st- those comedy stations. That was a lot of fun. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, we listen to a lot of music on it uh, in the car, but then, like, when I'm working, like, I'll listen to a lot of the the talk stations and not, like, politics and shit like that. Like, I'll listen to, it's called Faction Talk now. It was basically what the Opie and Anthony channel used to be, but they moved a bunch of other people, like, onto the channel. So at one point, like, Ellis was on that channel, and then they let Ellis go. So now it's, like, Sam and Jim, Jim and Sam and bennington and the bonfire like it's a lot of like comedy shows um i'll listen to busted open to see what they're talking about every now and again but bully ray annoys the shit out of me um so yeah i I listen to a lot of shit on satellite it's just what's wild is when you listen to satellite and then you don't have it now i you know i'm listening to commercial radio i'm like these fucking commercials part of my french but i'm like these damn commercials
0: No, I mean, yeah, this is a full cussing show. I mean, if you would have heard my rant on fucking uh, Ren Rita joining the fucking House of fucking Torture last week, oh, and, I heard it. I was fuck. Oh, I'm so mad to this day. But um, yeah, it's uh, where was I going with all this? I don't remember.
2: We were going into the questions of dishonor, but we went down a wicked rabbit hole somewhere.
0: Um, yeah, I, I miss satellite radio. You know, it was a good time. So, oh, uh, busted open. Uh, it's really kind of, obviously there's a gazillion wrestling podcast, but you would think that they would have more wrestling content um, on there. Cause I went out, this is like 2010, 2011. So I was out of wrestling at the time. and A lot of it was cause I didn't have access, but right. you would hear peeps in here. Like I, um, that's kind of what spurred this show because like, if I had watched ring of honor, cause I was living in Massachusetts when bad 2011 bet uh, final battle happened. That was a Carino Steam match. Um, but uh, it's surprised busted opens really the only wrestling content on satellite radio, which is kind of odd.
2: Yeah, you know it's um it, it's the only like live show that they have. But SiriusXM now has so many like podcasts that they have it, like, and it's not even like their own platform for podcasting. Like they'll almost like carry it. So like I know the Not Sam Wrestling podcast. Like you can get it now on their app uh but it's not like an xm show so i don't know how they do that so i wouldn't be surprised if you can find other podcasts on there i don't necessarily listen to a lot of podcasts through their app and and because my commute's completely different than what it used to be you know like 4 years ago
3: yeah.
2: um i don't listen to a lot of podcasts in general besides obviously like i listen to this i listen to the wizards when i can uh i do my own podcast that i have to listen to while mm-hmm. i'm doing it uh, yeah. so like, you know, my podcast time has been cut down a lot, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, the only thing I could think of though, is the fact that there's so much wrestling out there now that people are into, like you'd have to have separate shows almost for everything. You know what I mean? Like busted open is, is covering primarily AEW and and WWE. Cause they're the, you know, they're the big ones right now. They're not really covering new Japan or like Ring of Honor, right? I mean, Ring of Honor may be in glancing blows with, you know, AEW, but, you know, I think it's just honestly a matter of time. You know what I mean? Like there's not enough time on one show to cover it all. They should probably look to add other shows. I will offer my services. If they would like to hire me to do uh, an AEW-focused show full-time, I would gladly leave my job and do this, but yeah. they
0: don't. Well, it, it's early yet, so I would I would definitely recommend it. But because uh, Stone Cold's not even de- – is he even doing – because um his podcast came off, like, the feed, but wasn't he doing something on the network or something like that? Because Stone Cold's was the first wrestling podcast I got into.
2: He was doing – I don't know if it- – I-, I know he was doing something on the network where I guess it was, like, his podcast, but in, like, a video format. Um,
0: is our section rant section
2: or sessions or something like that yeah know. something
3: like
0: that um, he's really good
2: yeah oh no he was it was good Um, I mean I used to listen to when I when I did have a long commute I used to listen to something to wrestle like religiously yeah. uh, I haven't listened to that show in a long time Um, but I also used to listen to what happened when with Tony Schiavone like I loved that show because I thought Shivani was off the rails funny. Yes. And I, again, I, I'm sure it's still I'm sure both shows are still very good. Like all of the Conrad podcasts seem to do really well. It's for me, it's honestly just time. I don't have the time to sit and listen. So I just don't. Like I fell off and I just haven't gone back. Maybe one day I will. But
0: it's uh yeah, I will pop in like said, so I'll go through and I'll throw in something to wrestle every once in a while. Uh, Foley's pod's really good too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like I, I try to stick to minis, like you know, not to be Mr. Smart, you make smart pants, but like you know, some of the the indie podcasts, obviously, like Mark, Lord, sure. you, know, you know, my friends, you know, I, I've got enough friends that do podcasts that I, you know, keeps me busy all day. So,
2: sure, yeah, no, I get you, I get you,
0: yeah. Stone Cold, it was, it was funny, it was, yeah, Stone Cold's what got me into podcasts. Um, I, I didn't find podcasts till 2015. You know? yeah
2: I, I i was way late to the game on podcasting too because it seemed like such a weird concept for me i'm like it's the radio but it's not live why would i want to do that you know what i mean like i was like it doesn't make sense like i'm just gonna listen to music because music's never live and then it was like oh i get it you know what i mean <laughs> it's like it does make sense
0: yeah do you uh have you ever heard of clark howard he does like a financial like a talk show type thing um, not like Dave Ramsey but kind of more like consumer related the
2: name sounds familiar but I definitely haven't like listened to it
0: so I when I was I because I didn't find podcasts so I spent a lot of time listening to the radio and like my walks be like 10 10 30 so he was on kind of late so I moved out to Idaho I, I didn't have any radio so I'm like I found like the Clark Howard show like on my so I had this um iPhone that I used for my iPod so I was listening to that but then that's how I found Stone Cold because they're on the same network I'm like Oh, there's, and then it was just, just down from there. It was a, fucking, yeah. you know, so yeah. Jimmy Joss's podcast. And it was like, oh, now I've got, yeah, 60 podcasts loaded onto my fucking iPod. So,
2: yeah, of course. That's how it goes down the rabbit hole,
0: man. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny to say so. All right. So questions of dishonor, I think it was, and if I missed any, uh, Will's the one that usually does this. Cause I am not a. Um savant here on the Twitter, but we got two from our good friends. Uh show to SJ. All right. Where were they? Uh Laura, loyal listener over in Reverly, Reverley, and also the Mark Order.
3: Mm-hmm. We love uh, SJ.
0: Yeah, and you can follow SJ at the carnival of Krampus. She's now changed her handle. Uh Ooh. but our first question is. Um, if you were able to cast uh, to do casting questions, I have a good one for you, for you guys. Recast the main characters from Walking Dead with Ring of Honor wrestlers. Who do you choose to be? What character and why? Oh, uh... See, oh a- yeah. I don't actually watch The Walking Dead.
2: I mean, I did like when it first came on, and then I stopped at one point. So I don't even know. Like, I, I don't even know which characters to cast. Um,
0: so well, I'm gonna hit the Google machine here. Um, I Google know it's John Bernthal, Google. on, and I loved he's got a good podcast too. John Burnthall. Yeah.
2: I didn't even know he had a podcast. You're a yeah,
0: year and a half ago, so hmm. yeah, he's got um, it's called The Real Ones, and uh, he's just, he just well, he had Kurt Angle on, which is cool. So, actually, Kurt Angle is so um, John is actually married to. Kurt Engel's niece, so I think it's his brother Eric's daughter.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah, I knew for some reason. Now that you say that, I feel like I knew there was a weird connection there uh,
0: somewhere. Yeah, but I've got one. Um, watching tomorrow with uh Sarah Silverman. Love Sarah Silverman. Mm-hmm. Um, I love John though That guy's great.
2: I'm re-watching The Punisher.
0: Nice, I am also actually. See. Yeah, Brennan recommended. I'm on. Uh, yeah, I'm on the third third episode, season one. All right, Walking Dead. And I know uh, Norman... Actually, Norman Reedus was on there. I like Norman Reedus from uh, Boondock Saints.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: Andrew Lincoln?
0: Like the main guy, I think.
2: So I know Norman Reedus was Daryl Dixon. That's a main character. Andrew Lincoln was Rick Grimes. That was a main character. Um, to, I mean, like... On Google, their cast is or the cast list is definitely a lot of people that I don't recognize. So I definitely stopped watching this show at the wrong time. Um
0: did they really go on twelve episodes or seasons?
2: I have that's news to me. I have no idea.
0: Oh yeah, I've never it's not that I don't. I mean, I got no heat with zombies or anything. I just haven't gotten Maybe I should.
2: I know at one point it took like a hard, a hard turn and a lot of people seem to come off it.
0: I mean, it's tough not to, Um, you know, when when you go that long, you know, that's why it's, it's kind of like, that's why I kind of like a lot of these Netflix seasons, like, um, like stranger things, it's just going to be five seasons. I think that's the arc.
2: I mean, the kids are going to be 40 by the time it's finished, but you know, yeah. Um, I can say this. um, The Walking Dead, I remember a lot of... So I watched the show before I read any of the comics. And I remember a lot of people being annoyed that the show did not follow in line with the comics. And I can attest to that. So that could be why it turned off a bunch of people. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I guess just treat it like source material, right? Like it doesn't have to be exact. All right. Who do you want to, I mean, who do we want to cast? Do we want to like do three main players? Like how many you want to do?
0: Um, yeah, cause I have no idea. Cause basically they're just humans going around shooting zombies, right? I,
2: they're trying to survive. Yeah. I mean,
0: I do love my post-apocalyptic kind of shit. Do you read a lot of comic books too?
2: Uh, I haven't in a long time. I mean, I used to read a lot of comic books.
0: Yeah, Will's got me into Batman now. I'm like,
2: fuck. I was never right. a DC guy.
0: I'm going to start off with Norman Reedus. Okay. Looking from, yeah. I think so Dar-
2: Just so you know, Daryl Dixon was like a biker. You know, he'd kill zombies with a crossbow, sort of a loner. Like, that was his character.
0: Definitely Kevin Steen.
2: I think that's a good call.
0: Okay, yeah. So we're okay. That's good call. Kevin Steen is, is Rick rhymes Daryl Dixon. All right here, Mr. Dixon.
2: Well, Daryl Dixon was the loner biker guy, so that would be Steen. Oh. Oh,
0: so, oh, I thought Rick rhymes was, okay.
2: So Rick Grimes was, he's like, uh he was the main character much of that show he was the sheriff he was like in a coma or something like that when the zombie apocalypse happened and he wakes up to find everything's basically broken down so he's very much order and trying to keep things together and like I said pre-apocalypse he was like a sheriff or a cop
0: wouldn't that be a kick in the dick like you're in a coma and then wow yeah. I
2: will also say this, Tom, uh, if you're going to start The Walking Dead, certainly do it and do it from the start. But there is a cut of the first episode that's in black and white. Ooh. Um, It definitely adds a different vibe to that show. Like, I actually think I like the black and white version better than the one that was on TV in color. Yeah,
0: it's funny you say that. So Will and I are going to, uh, if you're seeing the movie The Mist,
2: Yes, I mean when it came out years ago in the theater.
0: I, so I recently saw that movie in the past year. I didn't know how it ended when I saw it. By the way,
2: so I, I, don't, like, I don't remember how it ended. I did not enjoy it.
0: Oh, um, I, I, I am really, but they have a black and white version of that movie. Um, do you want to know a spoiler how it ends?
2: I mean, yeah, you could spoil it because I saw it and I had, I'd have to go watch it again.
0: Um all right so cuz the the ending is like the whole kicker of the fucking movie it's like oh my god so basically so if you don't want any spoilers from the mist hit pause fast forward about uh 2 minutes uh but basically Thomas Jane gets um his son that one lady out and those two people out in the in the in the truck right and they run out of gas and then they've got a right they've got a pistol but it's only got four bullets so he shoots everybody right
2: okay i remember that
0: yeah. And then he gets out of the car and here comes the Calvary. All he had to do was wait five minutes.
2: That's right. I do remember that now. Yes.
0: I was like, I was like watching him. Like you're and and that's not how like Stephen King, like saw that. And he was like blown away. He's like, that is a way better ending. Cause I'm a Stephen King mark. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm in the middle of the dark tower series right now. I'm actually two thirds of the way through it. So, um, and I I don't know, man. I I really like that movie, but there's a version of it in black and white that's on the DVD that's really fucking good. I just like Frank Darabont. I mean, Shawshank Redemption.
2: Frank Darabont was part of The Walking Dead, uh. So this might be up your alley.
0: Okay, we might have to start that. So, okay, so Rick Grimes, the sheriff, was in a coma, woke up, and there's an apocalypse.
2: And again, sort of very much like law and order, keeping the peace, trying to keep everything together.
0: I want to well, it's funny because it's work because he's English, right?
2: Yes, in in real life, he is English.
0: I think I'm gonna go with Nigel McGinnis because Nigel McGuinness is currently the authority figure in Ring of Honor.
2: Can Nigel McGuinness put on an, an, an American accent? I think so. Well, I listen. I will say this, their features are similar as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. Kind of gruffy.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'll
0: I'll
2: I'll allow it. I'll go with you on that one.
3: All
0: right. Let's see here. And then Steve Yoon, he was a pretty Glenn Ree, he's a pretty popular guy, right?
2: Yes, he was a big part of that show. And I, you know, I don't remember how long he lasted into the series, but he was a big part of that show.
0: Friends with uh Pedro Pascal, who my wife has a humongous crush on. Who doesn't? Uh people that have bad taste. <laughs>
2: That's true.
0: Um. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think here how to explain the character of Glenn. Um. He was uh He was definitely somebody who was like a hustler, not in like a like a cheat you kind of way. But like he hustled hard to try to make sure that, you know, things were okay and that the group was taken care of. And he also um he also is sort of uh very protective. No. Hmm. Interesting. I've
3: got a couple on the
0: okay. You know, but he can't talk. Well, I'm going to give Davy Richards some promo skills and give, yeah, the Steve, you and Glenn Reed character to Davey Richards.
2: Davey Richards? Okay.
3: Yeah.
0: Even though Davy Richards is ducking me to the point where he had to retire from wrestling to get away from, from not meeting me. <laughs> I've been to like four meet and greets with that guy and he never shows up. Oh, Seth Gilliam's in here from the wire? Game jokes. Uh, where is he, Seth? Seth Gilliam. He's just after this guy that looks like uh Finn Balor.
3: I'm
2: looking for him here.
0: It's on the second page.
2: Oh god, second page.
0: Ball guy, he's got a great goatee.
2: Hold on. I don't know where you're looking. Oh, I see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gabriel Stokes. I I can't give you any background. I don't know who that character is.
0: Okay. It's great on The Wire, though. You ever watch The Wire?
2: I feel like I just talked about The Wire with somebody. Maybe it was on the Mark Order podcast, Um, but I had said I started The Wire, and I must have seen the first three episodes, like, a dozen times and then I don't know why I just never kept up with it
0: well I know you've been to Baltimore so the water's great it's definitely one of those things you gotta you kind of stick with it for a little bit but yeah no
2: I had no problem with the show I just don't know why I never kept up with it
0: it's it's a tough one I mean if you're expecting like the sopranos like all kinds of action it's not that but
2: I've never seen the Sopranos never no interest not will not do it and it's got nothing about it's not got nothing to do with being italian or the mafia it just doesn't interest me
0: it's really i mean james gandolfini is a fucking master
2: i mean i don't dispute that his film work is great i just have no interest in watching the
0: sopranos Made his film debut in true romance Mm -hmm. possibly the greatest movie ever made oh john bernthal's birthday is two days after mine and he's a year old. I, huh. All right. So who's John Bernthal's character? So Shane Walsh.
2: Shane was, if my memory serves me correct, and I'm sure like Will will hear about this and probably correct everything I'm saying. But Shane uh was uh in the show Rick Grimes partner, pre um pre-zombie apocalypse. Okay. And then In the zombie apocalypse, when Rick Grimes comes back, he finds that Shane is now with, uh, Rick Grimes' wife romantically, um, because he found them and sort of like, you know, made sure they were protected. But he's not, you know, it turns out that, like, he doesn't really, uh, want Rick to be back because he's, like, basically with his wife, so... You know, there's a little bit of butting heads, and Shane often thinks things should be done one way, and Rick thinks the other. So Shane sort of starts to have some issues with Rick.
0: All right, so that's definitely. I'm going to say. I mean, because that's the kind of person that was sleazy. You know, oh, your your husband's dead. I'm going to kind of slip on in. Definitely a Matt Taven.
2: Matt Taven, okay. Matt Taven's not as good looking as John Bernthal, but that's okay. I I understand where you're going.
0: I mean, John Burntall's really good looking. I mean.
2: He is. And he's also a great Frank Castle. I'm very excited for the new Daredevil to come back because he is supposed to be in that season.
0: Heard that too. So I may have to watch that too. So yeah, it just sucks with the Punisher because I usually watch stuff while it works. I'm not really watching watching, but the Punisher is one of those ones where like, okay, I got to sit down and actually watch.
2: Yeah, you gotta pay attention. But it's it's really good, Tom. I got past the first season again. So now I went to Daredevil season three because like in the in the timelines, it's like you know, Daredevil one season one, then Daredevil season two, then Punisher one, Daredevil three, Punisher two. Like in the timeline, that's how it should be viewed. But I don't think it matters. I'm just a nerd. All right, how about this, Tom? I can can go back and watch Daredevil then, huh? Daredevil's excellent. Uh, I love Daredevil. How about this, Tom? Because there's a lot of cast members. How about the last one to cast? Let's do Negan, which is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Negan was um was a major enemy to Rick Grimes and his uh his group, uh, who were generally good people. Negan ran a group of sort of outlaws and um, you know, bad guys who would Steal, pillage, you know, whatever they had to do to survive. Um, and uh, Negan was an all around bad dude, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan.
3: He looks like CM Punk,
2: he looks a little like CM Punk. I don't know if he's got the same personality,
0: but he does look like CM Punk. All right, um, now am I gonna give him? It's either Steve Carino or Jimmy Jacobs, which are very also common answers on Ring of Honor or uh, the question of dishonor. I think he looks like
2: Steve Carino. Well, how about not even from a looks perspective, from a personality perspective, somebody who is a huge heel and super cocky. I
0: mean... Are you thinking our uh, our retrospective person this year? Mr. Adam Cole?
2: It could be Adam Cole. It could be. I mean, and eventually we know what where Adam Cole winds up in Ring of Honor, right? And some of his roles, you know, like the person who's sort of like orchestrating shit, definitely could be Negan.
0: Okay. I like where your head's at here, so.
2: On a looks perspective, they don't necessarily match up, but from a personality, yeah, that's where I sort of see it.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, the guy I played him's got twenty five years on Adam Cole, so I mean, I could see Adam Cole looking like that in twenty five years. Sure, you know, especially the way he's going. So, yeah, Adam Cole. All right. So all right. sweet. All right, SJ. Thank you, and we've got another question from SJ. Um. <laughs> if they if they had to recast recast an our Ring of Honor wrestler as Santa Claus who kills people, who would you guys pick and why?
2: Santa who kills people.
0: <laughs> That's classic SG there for you. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to go with a typical. Like, I mean, because Jimmy Jacobs and Steve Carino are answers quite often. I mean, Kevin Steen looks like Santa Claus. Could be. But I don't see him killing people.
2: I mean, what about a Jay Briscoe? Jacob? I mean, he's a mean dude. I did see him uh, in New York at one of the final battles. I was at. Uh, tell somebody
0: he'll stab them. <laughs> um. Yeah, because homicide's too obvious. I go with Jay Briscoe. Shout out to Jay. I think we can yeah, go, with go. Yeah. I mean, you know, it seems like he's got, I mean, we've seen the Jay Briscoe, you know, dancing with his kids, his daughter's routine, you know, so he's good with the kids. Um. Yeah. And obviously the beard matches. And if he had to put the beat down, he would. Yeah. So, yeah. Jay fucking Briscoe with Santa Claus. Let's do it. Yeah. There you Book go. It. You know. It just, it, as the kids like to say, Aunt Money, it just makes sense. Right. All right. And uh, so, obviously, thank you to SJ. So, make sure uh, you are tagging the Ring of Honor Revelry, the uh, the tweet on there. And if I did miss anybody, I am sorry. Listen, Will usually does that. I'm not good at the Twitter machine. Uh, but, SJ, we appreciate it. But we've got one more uh, from the third member of our Ring of Honor Revelry here, Mr. Vernon's question... And I don't have Will's music. I was so unprepared. That's pretty typical. All right. I say, is there
2: anything Brundon doesn't do?
0: No. Uh, sure. no. I mean, he's like the background of like eight different podcasts. So
2: well, get on the background of the Mark Order podcast, Brundon. It's the one thing you're not
0: doing. I'm sure I'm you know, I'm sure he would. So he would be a valuable uh addition. So oh um, god. Have you met Brendan in the real life? Because we just missed him. Yeah. Matt. You, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. We uh, I I saw I met him.
3: Uh, oh, with SJ.
0: Right? Night
2: with SJ. Yep. Uh, yeah. and then uh, at Matt's house a couple times for a few things. He was there, so we right. got. To, yep.
0: Yeah, I might make it out to the barbecue next year. or Maybe I'll just fly out for that. You never know. So we'll see how see where life takes me next year. So. Uh, so, for a question of dishonor, who's the first wrestler you can remember being a huge mark for? Seeking out all their matches, get history on them, buy all the magazines and articles on them, and so on. And his answer was um, I forgot to answer my question. Ha ha ha. So, while I was a big fan of plenty of wrestlers growing up, it wasn't until I saw Taz and ECW that became a true mark for somebody. He was in the be all end all for me. There was no one wrestling, no one wrestling in my mind. He couldn't beat and everything he did was so amazing. I am still a mark for late nineties ECW Taz these days. And Brandon, I don't know if you know this, but I actually still have a Taz 632 twice as pissed t-shirt.
3: Hmm.
2: I have a simple question. Maybe. Uh, I don't know what Brandon's talking about with this 99 ECW because there is no there's nothing that exists before WWEW so I'm a little lost um but either way um how about this Tom because you you went hard with the the walking dead question there um I'll sort of lead this one if you don't mind only because I sort of have two different answers but they're sort of both I have to lay this groundwork for you. I uh, don't do a whole lot of like, I, I feel like I got to collect, get the magazines, read the articles. Like that's just not something I do at any, at any point in time. Like <clears throat> even things that I'm really hardcore about, like I don't necessarily go seek out like magazines or watch like old concerts and stuff like that. It's just not my personality, but I can say this. Um, as a kid, and it's not a it's not a singles wrestler, but as a kid, I absolutely loved WWF Legion of Doom because who can't, as a child? Now I was a I was a kid in in that period. Who wouldn't want to be part of something that gets to wear giant spiked fucking shoulder pads and face paint? So like. I absolutely loved the Legion of Doom um, as a kid. Like, that was the first thing I can remember being, like, super amped anytime I saw them come out. I mean, and I loved, like, Hulk Hogan, and I was sort of, like, mixed on the Ultimate Warrior, but, like, Legion of Doom, like, I remember always being, like, yes, Legion of fucking Doom is on my television. So that's what I would say uh, for sort of, like, as a kid in my adult life, taking a different, you know, having a different appreciation for wrestling, I would have to honestly say that it was, it's probably been Macho Man Randy Savage. Um And I know that's maybe a little out of left field, but like, for me, it was just, uh, you know, like I watched wrestling through the whole Attitude Era and then, fell out of it and then came back into it sort of late in college and have, have not left it since. Um, But having now gotten smarter about wrestling and learned a lot more, you know, and we're all exposed now to wrestling differently. Like, you know, you used to never know anything about the inner workings. Now we know everything about the inner workings of wrestling and, you know, planning matches before they happen and working through the steps and all that kind of shit. And like just to hear the stories about how Randy used to approach wrestling and what seemingly a good athlete. He was in general, you know, he was a baseball player, um, you know, a drafted baseball player. um, And then just everything. What's that?
0: He was drafted by the Cardinals, I think. I could be wrong. Cardinals
2: could be right. I don't know why I feel like I'm hearing pirates, but either way, just for me, it was it was honestly macho man. In my adult life, it's been macho man Randy Savage because the appreciation to take the preparation he had. I mean, he was a fucking head case, you know. Um, so that's a little different. But for the work that he did in in the ring and you know. Uh, What he was able to do, like some of those those matches he had and and the character turns, you know, Randy Savage to Macho Man to Macho King, like it was just all I I loved it all, you know, and I still do truly think, you know, and it's such a fucking typical answer, you know, Macho Man Steamboat, greatest match of all time. Like just knowing the way that they prepared for that and and watching it again after knowing all that it's it's still incredible to me.
0: You know what's funny is that match is literally only like 12, 13 minutes long.
2: Yes. Yes. It's not as long. Like I remember as a kid thinking like that had to be like, that was such a long match. And then you watched again you're like, that's it. But like it hit all the notes. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was to me perfection. It was classic match
0: storytelling. And like, I was like, I don't understand. Like, how some people like a lot of people heard how they, they planned out that match and they say it lost some of its luster. Cause I mean, how old meticulously I'm like, cause they weren't calling it in the ring. I'm like, who the fuck cares? It was a fucking masterpiece.
2: Dude. The fact that like, you know, you hear steamboat talk about the preparation and stuff like that. And a couple of the different documentaries that's been done about macho man. And he would be like, you know, He's like, we had three legal pads of the move sets and how the match would play out. And they'd pass each other in the hall or something and one would yell out a number, you know, 15. And then they would be able to take it from there to the end. Like, that's just mind boggling
3: to me. Yeah.
2: Yes. Like, I'm honestly, I'm honestly lucky I remember certain phone numbers.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know? I remember my wife's phone number and my mom's home phone number. I still don't even have my mom's cell phone number memorized. So. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean that, that, so for me, that that's, that's how I'm going to go to Brundin's answer as a, as a kid simply based on sort of looks and and what they did in the ring, the Legion of doom in the WWF. And I mean, as an adult, I appreciate everything else they did, you know, with uh the road warriors and all that kind of stuff. But uh, as an adult, I would say you know Macho Man Randy Savage, and I do sort of mark out like if I see certain Macho Man merch out there in the wild. I've got a couple, you know, Funko Pops, and you know, I have a, I have a tank top that I'll wear to the gym, you know, with him as uh, the Macho King, you know, doing the whole thing. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Did you? So as a kid, did you dig into? Um what the legion of uh, what the road warriors did before they got to WWF or were you just enamored with like, Holy shit, here these guys are.
2: Yeah. I mean, as a kid, again, as a kid in that era, like I was truly a kid and there was no internet, you know, and I wasn't going out and buying magazines and shit myself. So like, I really had no, I had no idea of what anything they did before I saw them as the legion of doom in the WWE. Now, obviously as an adult, I I do understand what they did before they got there, and the Road Warriors and Ellering and all that kind of stuff. You know, like I I you know, there is a different appreciation for that. But certainly, as a kid, like I mean, come on, man, that was a badass look. I also really enjoyed Demolition because, again, amazing look. Yeah. But there was just something about there was something about uh, the Legion of Doom the The way the music hit when they came out what a rush and the guitar and you know they'd walk to the ring when their shoulder pads they were both gassed out of their fucking brains like <laughs> yeah, it yeah. just was great just all all perfect for what I was looking for as a kid at that time
0: yeah no I mean that makes sense so I mean I don't know because I watched a little bit of wCW slash nWA um like when my parents split up my dad had cable so i could watch on tbs but when, like when the road warriors showed up at SummerSlam, uh when the heart foundation was wrestling De to demolition for two out of threes you know i popped because i knew who, who the road warriors were um but yeah i was the same way but um i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna go kind of similar way that you went um i didn't for some odd reason you know, like with music, I dug into the, you know, I like as a kid, like say I dug into the crates. I was, you know, the kid, you know, checking out. Um, I wasn't on message boards or anything, but I was checking out like the thanks list. And I would, you know, deep dive into that and the magazines and everything. But I did, never really did that with wrestling. Uh, but I told the story a couple times. I was actually fortunate enough to tell said person this. But as a kid, Jerry Lawler was my favorite wrestler from a wrestler I never actually saw a wrestling match from. Wow um like i wouldn't buy the magazines because i couldn't really afford them i would try and steal them once in a while but there's like a gas station that was about about a mile and a half two miles away from the house so i could walk there um it's like you know a 12 13 year old but i just sit there and read the magazines you know yeah. i wouldn't buy them or anything so i'll just all the coverage of jerry lawler and i saw all these things that he was doing like you know he won the championship with a pile driver but then they took it away from him because it was illegal in that whole state but i never right. saw a jerry lawler match until he came to wwf that's um, why
2: but that see, but that's awesome. That's the power of that medium, right? It's just like you read the magazines, you saw the pictures, you know, he was in your consciousness.
0: Yeah, it was, it was, it was so crazy. Um, and then listen, I got to meet him two years ago and I got to, and I, I told him that story, looked at me, he was like, what the fuck do you mean? I told him, he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, that actually makes sense. I'm like, I mean, yeah, it's just like, I'm, I'm living in rural Wisconsin. I'm 12 years old. You know, I don't have cable. You know, know, isn't playing on channel 18 up here, you know, so. Uh, but then the other person, so I unfortunately didn't get back into wrestling until uh, about 2015. We were talking earlier. A lot of that was Stone Cold, you know, obviously the Stone Cold podcast. Um, then I'm kind of going on a rabbit hole, but then I discovered um, the Kevin Gill podcast. I don't know if you were listening to Kevin Gill when he was doing his podcast, a uh, personal friend of the Shining Wizards, uh, but he had this Jeff Cobb guy on. And mm-hmm. ever since then that's that's when I really started to do the dive. You know, I'm looking up Jeff Cobb matches and I'm looking up, you know, all over YouTube, the whole kid and kawoodle. And this mm-hmm. was kind of before he blew up. Like he was he was starting to make appearances in PWG because I mean he wrestled in like in Hawaii, like unknown for 10 years. Yeah. And then he came stateside, and that's when he started to So I kind of got in at the ground level, but yeah, and then you know, and I read he's like, Oh, he's I'm a matanza on Lucha Underground, and then it was. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeff Cobb's top five favorite wrestlers all time. Definitely favorite going right now uh, might be top three favorite all times for me at this point. I am a Jeff Cobb mark. I've gotten to meet him a couple times. times. Uh, very fortunate. And speaking of Matanza, he posted something on Facebook. It's so like, yeah, I'm doing a deal on like, you know, like all these t-shirts for so, such and such and such. And, and, you know, I'll give you a free autograph picture. I'm like, well, um, I'll buy this lot but would you mind sending us a Matanza picture and sign us Matanza? And he totally did for the wife. It's awesome. Yeah. So I, uh, Jeff Cobb's a good dude. Um, yeah, I, I love me some Jeff Cobb, but yeah, that was really the first time like getting back into actually like it was Jeff Cobb and ring of honor. Cause like I said, I was living out in Idaho. I had some internet, but not a lot. Um, so I couldn't have like streaming services or anything, stuff, stuff like that. So just kind of starting to dig into the crates there. And it was, yeah. Sure. Jeff Cobb's my guy.
2: Yeah. He's awesome. We we've, I've been lucky enough to see him wrestle a few times live. Um, you know, he's just fantastic to see work live. I, th- I think we might have seen him in Ring of Honor at some point. Yeah, or I
0: maybe, saw him in Ring of Honor here in Milwaukee in 19.
2: It um, might have been at the final battle or something like that, or something else that they were running at the Hammerstein at some point in time. But I think we, I think I might have seen him at a New Japan show. <clears throat> Excuse me. A, a, maybe in New Japan at some point here over the last few years, but yeah, Jeff Cobb rules, man.
3: He's um,
0: do you remember his uh, TV title run or like how we got the TV title?
2: Uh, honestly, I don't there. Like I, I think I said it before, maybe we were talking before we started, there was a, there was a period of ring of honor where I was like well before sort of like it got popular when Cody and, and the bucks and, oh. and you know, that whole bullet club sort of run. Um, I, I, years before that I had been aware of ring of honor and I would watch it when I could, cause it wasn't really on TV anywhere here, but like I would get yeah. some of it, you know, when people would say like, Hey, you should check this out or you should check that out. And eventually I'd get to it. Um, and I sort of was watching it for a while and then I fell completely off it and then sort of back in, you know, when everything was going down with the bullet club and the bucks and Cody and, you know, hangman and 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 all that stuff you know and they were running new york consistently at that period of time you know so we'd go to the shows and stuff so so i if it was in it depends on the period of time i don't remember when that tv title run was so i might not be super
0: it was early 2018 um because they i don't remember uh did you ever watch amazon it's not amazon it might still be ring of honor did this like tournament called dojo pro where these guys were wrestling. I do but,
3: remember that.
0: Yeah, like Joey Janelle was on there, Corey Hollis, um, but Jeff Cobb didn't win, but he came close. But, uh, you know, obviously the Ring of Honor Top Prospect Tournament, right? Obviously. Yep. yep. So how they booked it is uh, Jeff Cobb just came in and literally wasn't even in the Top Prospect Tournament, just came in and beat up everybody every time they tried to have a match uh, in the Top Prospect Tournament. So they ended up giving it to him. And then, yeah, and then he just ended up getting a CU title shot and he took it off Punishment Martinez, but uh three minutes. What a great, what a great
2: way to just bully your way into it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um it well, I mean obviously being the Mark Jeff Cop market that I am, I was very excited about that. And uh and it actually had to do with what we watched the final battle 2013 with Prince Nana. But yeah, this 2014 top prospect is gonna be pretty epic. Unfortunately hmm. I know who the finals are. I don't know the exact result, but uh, we have a new tag team coming to, to Ring of Honor in the next 12 months. <laughs> Okay. Uh, In WWF as a Viking gimmick, but whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with them.
0: Yeah, I am very, very excited. So things are kind of turning up, but uh, um, well, actually, Aunt Money, so we'll take a quick break here. Plug all of our friends. Um, so I just do want to shout out everyone here over at the Visionaries Global Media, the other network we're on. Uh, Chad and Diesel did drop a new episode this week. I know a Good Cop Bad Cop's on a little break, but I was recently on that show. Uh, But shout out to all the great shows on that network, including Band from Ringside," And also, your boy Hi-Fi Tom's got another show on there, the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. Uh, But we're going to do a quick commercial break, and make sure you're following all these great shows here on the Shining Wizards Network. And we'll see everybody on the other side of the break The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag jointhemarkorder because if you don't find
2: us,
3: we will find you.
1: What's up everyone, when on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast,
3: or playing in punk bands,
1: or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling because we're from winnipeg you idiots you like your music heavy then check out radioactive metal on the shining wizards network for over 16 years now radioactive metal has been one of the longest running podcasts over the years we've interviewed some legendary metal acts had some awesome discussions and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network.
0: One. all right and like i said make sure you're following all the great shows here on the shining wizards podcast network including the mark order we're our guest show show, show ant money everything you need to know about aew you guys listen episode 143 so with the probably 60-74, i mean you guys are close to 200
2: yeah, I mean, I have to go back and see how many bonus episodes we did with the Wizards because the, that lives somewhere in the Wizards archive. Um, but yeah, it's got to be close to 200. We've been doing it for a long time.
0: Because so. I want to say the bonus stuff went out for pretty close to at least a year.
2: I feel like it did. It, it definitely did. And I know we were talking before we started recording about it. But yeah, like it started out as the bonus content. And then eventually it was like, we should just ran this as its own thing. like, and it was actually Matt, you know, who was Matt of the Shining Wizards, you know, was part of those bonus shows and he was part of the Mark Order podcast. And then just, you know, life gets in the way and and real work gets in the way and he just doesn't have enough time to do two shows and we love Matt. and anytime Matt wants to come back on, he is welcome. He's got an open door, no matter what the other people say. He's got an open door. um, but we just decided to spin it off. So that's sort of how the Mark order started. And then we ran the whole gimmick that, that caught you. So I'm glad it worked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That that was, that, that was, yeah, that, that was, I was, I don't know. It was just one of those times where I was a little emotional. I was like, you guys got me hooked, man. It's like, we're when, like looking when podcast end, like, it, it kind of sucks. And like, I've had a couple, it was just like, Oh man, that was kind of a kick in the balls. Like my buddy, Jimmy, it was funny. Like he announced he was ending his podcast on mine. And I was like, Oh fuck. Cause I have been listening to that guy almost since day one. It was like, Four and a half, five years, it's like, shit, now he's coming back. So, so shout out to the Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn Blast furnace podcast. But at the end of the day, if you are listening to our dulcet tones right now, and you're listening to Ring of Honor, Reverie, and you are not listening to the Mark Order podcast, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. Um, we are pretty much two podcasts in, in a pod, um, two different generations, same format. So, uh, yeah, shout out to your co-host. Obviously, Kate's great. Um, Brian Schlong and Asian Joe, so...
3: Yeah,
2: catch us uh, every Wednesday night live on YouTube at 1015 after uh, Dynamite goes off the air. And then uh, we put it up in podcast form uh, sometime the next morning. Uh, so if you're just listening and you don't want to watch, that's totally fine. But the YouTube is there for uh, for anybody who wants to go find it.
0: Yeah, YouTube's a lot of fun, too. It's always kind of watching you guys' interaction. So on whatever crazy shit schlong's born, whatever week, so...
2: Yeah, this week, uh, you know, if I can just plug something that happened on our show this week. Um, we When they started the Continental Classic, um, it didn't hit our brains, but we started to talk about the standings because the week starts on Wednesday for the Continental Classic and then ends on Saturday with Collision. So then as we're doing our show, before we get to the way our format runs is we'll talk through quickly through Friday and Saturday and all this other bullshit at the start. And then we'll take a short break and then we'll come back with dynamite. So in the second half, we would start covering the standings before we talked about the new kickoff to the week that happened on dynamite. And like two weeks ago, Asian Joe was basically live on the air was like, you know, we used to wrap the rankings when the AEW had rankings he was like, how come we're not doing that for the Continental Classic? So we gave Ryan Schlong some homework because he said he'd do it. He didn't do it the first week we thought about it, but this week he prepared for it. And of course, it's a great it now winds up being a fun gimmick. And there's one more week we get out of it because this next week will end the round robin portion of the tournament. So um Ryan did a uh wrap for the standings this week in the um, stylings of wild, wild West. And he did uh, put a wild West background up and uh, did have a cowboy hat on. And then we judged him American idol style. Uh, So we did put a short reel up today on some of our socials. We'll put it up in some more places tomorrow. It's also on our YouTube so you can catch the clip, but if you want to see the whole thing, especially with ryan's sort of gear um certainly go to our youtube you can find us at the mark order podcast on youtube i think it's youtube.com slash mark order pod uh we're trying to get to 500 subscribers that's sort of our benchmark we're trying to hit so
0: nice yeah and i will put um the link for that in the show notes uh so all i gotta do in there is go and whatever podcast or let's do to- Pull up the notes uh that i do up every week and uh just hit that link button to make sure you are subscribed and uh make sure you subscribe because you can hear obviously the mark order um on uh you know the shining wizards network but you guys also have your own rss feed so if you can subscribe to both i'm sure it would help you guys out so not suck my own dick but i am subscribed to both so do it
2: do it all subscribe to it all join on social Subscribe on YouTube, subscribe to the Wizards, subscribe to ROH Revelry, subscribe to whatever,
0: all of it. It I mean, yeah, because I mean, you guys are probably one of the longest running AEW review shows. I mean, it was because, I mean, Dynamite started October 19 and then you guys started March 2020. That's only five months. Yeah, yeah.
2: We've been doing it for a long time. We, you know, it really took off for us in the pandemic because we were all sitting home. So, um, yeah, we've been going for a while. And at one point, just aside, I don't mean to keep sending us down rabbit holes, but it's fun not to have to drag us back onto the train track. So um, uh, somebody at one point came to me and they were like, is this another one of your shows? And it was a show with a very similar name to ours. So I'm not going to I don't want to say it. I don't know. I don't know them. I don't know how their show is. I'm just going to assume it's definitely not what we are. But uh, I was like, yeah, it's definitely not us. And when I looked at when they did it, I was like, oh, we've been doing this as the Mark Order podcast way longer. I'm going to stick my lawyers on them. They call me Ant Money for a reason. I mean, yeah. pockets are deep. We're going to get that C&D out.
0: Yeah. And you, I mean, you're good friends with Millionaire Man. That's right. So- jade's got that fucking fightful money rolling in so
2: i mean we've got enough money to fight this in court for years we'll yeah. bleed them dry
0: yeah and uh and it's kind of cool i mean obviously i've i'm sorry it took so long to get you on the show um i am a little slow but it's kind of cool i mean kind of bring it back to the ring of honor i mean i mean how many guys on this show we watch today i mean do you watch every week
2: yeah, it, it was it was so fun. I don't mean to cut you off. Time it's it was funny because I was talking to, to Mrs. Money here at home about it, and I was like, it's so funny seeing all of these babies in yeah. Ring of Honor, and now they're like grizzled old men. You know what I mean? Like it it is amazing. And yeah. then even the faces that were in Ring of Honor that are not in AEW that we know, like Chiampa and Steen, you know, and seeing stuff that they did. I mean, I definitely have some notes. That we'll talk about when we get to the pay-per-view, but I was certainly shocked by some of the things that happened in 2013 in wrestling. So it
0: was it was amazing. So uh well, speaking of baby faces, um, and kudos to you for, for going through with this. Uh, but we're gonna go through Ring of Honor TV real quick. Uh episode 118. Uh, So, yeah, there are 118 episodes in the TV, Uh, that original air date, uh, the winter solstice of 2013. I always kind of bug Will with this, but, uh, Aunt Money, do you by chance remember what you're doing in the winter solstice of 2013?
2: Oh, God. Uh, 2013, I was probably just sitting in an an apartment with Mrs. Money hanging out doing something. Um, Trying to think of what was going on in my life. Let's see. I think I was in grad school. Um. Oh, wait. Winter Solstice. I had just... We got married that September, so I was newly married.
0: Nice. Okay. So, when yeah. What did you guys get married?
2: September of 2013. End of September 2013. So, yeah, December 22nd, 2013, we were married, probably getting ready for our first married Christmas. There was definitely no 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 baby yet so you know yeah just living life
0: all right so your anniversary is four days after my birthday so that's how i remember that so yeah it's i don't know why i try not to fall i'm not one of those people that lives in the past but for some odd reason i always like to think back like what i was doing um like, I would always go back like you'd hear a band list. Oh, yeah, we recorded this album like July, you know, 1992. And I was thinking, like, what was I doing when they were recording this album? I don't know why. I did yeah. shit, but, um, and obviously, it's part of the gimmick of the show is, like, if I had started watching Ring of Honor at this time. But, yeah, I was in the middle of Idaho, um, kind of on borderline thinking about watching wrestling, but I was actually starting studying for my EMT test. So, hey, there you it. go. Uh, but you want to speak of baby faces? Uh, so this week's TV was just an Adam Cole retrospective. And holy fuck Adam Cole 2019. You want to talk about a fucking baby baby face? Wow. Yeah. Um, he looked super super young. And like when Will and I started the show, he was still the all shucks good guy. You know, he was yeah. he was that way till about six months ago. Um, but this is kind of a good reminder. But yeah, he broke in uh with you know Michael Elgin. Uh um, Mike Bennett, Ciampa, and Kyle O'Reilly. Um, and then you know, it kind of took off when Kyle him and Kyle O'Reilly formed uh Future Shock, which is a great team. I don't know if you remember those guys together. Yep, yep. You know, facing the likes of the Wolves, uh, All Night Express. They showed a nice clip of uh them wrestling, um, Kings of Wrestling. Uh and goddamn, you know, well, and speaking, you know, Claudio Castanoli, speaking AEW, you know, Kyle O'Reilly's got him in that goddamn guillotine and he stands up picks Kyle O'Reilly up, throws him into an, a European uppercut in the same motion.
2: I mean, the guy's a freak, man.
0: Yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. Um, yeah. So that's, it's also, kind of-
2: that's also one of Mrs. Money's many men of AEW that she's got the hots for. Really? Yeah. Kinda, I mean... She's been on... Let me... She's been on Claudio... Now, she first became aware of Claudio in WWE when he was, you know, Cesaro. Yeah. I think her favorite gimmick was when he used to come out in the tuxedo and rip it in half and he would just be in his little underpants. She is a little disappointed that he doesn't wear the underpants much anymore, yeah. but I
0: digress. Oh, agree. that motherfucker has not been booked into an actual James Bond villain movie yet. I don't I don't know. He's perfect. He is. You know, but he is just um fucking yeah, he is something else. So uh it was kind of fun. I dug in a little bit kind of watching old Kings of wrestling matches. Him and Chris Earl were fun to um were definitely fun to watch, but then they talk about Future Shock. Obviously, they break up, um, you know, and then Kyle O'Reilly goes with his mentor Davey Richards, and of course Adam Cole's gotta go with Eddie Edwards. Um, I mean, why wouldn't you? But uh, you know, and I remember we covered this. Adam Cole pins Davy at 10th anniversary. And that's kind of where Adam Cole's kind of ascension started. Uh, but then there's the hybrid fighting rules at best in the world 2012. Um, watching this, this, more of those moments, and, and Nigel mentioned on, on uh, commentary, where literally a star is born right in front of your eyes. Have you ever, have you watched this match in, entire? Yes. Yeah,
2: so, so doing a little homework for this when they did get to this and I saw the clips that they showed, you know, and they did show a good portion of the end of this match. I did actually go seek it out in its entirety. I mean, man, um, yeah, the, the amazing thing is looking back, you know, sort of, sort of seeing where we are now with both of these guys and looking back 10 years, this is what they were doing 10 years ago. And, um, you know, well, a little longer than 10 years ago because that was a 2012, but you know what I'm saying? Um, Kyle O'Reilly back then was so good. Um, I mean, Adam Cole is very good and he's, he's still good, you know, he's just dealing with all these injuries. Um, but Kyle O'Reilly, it's funny. Like when we said, when he came into AEW, we said it on the Mark Order podcast. It's like he had a series of matches that we were like, this is his coming out party because if people haven't seen him, and they were only aware of what he did in the W in NXT, that wasn't even a scratch of the surface of what he could do. And then when he got into AEW and started having more regular matches, um, you really got to see what he could do. And it was probably as close as you were going to get to that 2012, 2013 yeah. Kyle O'Reilly. And it's a shame that he's hurt now, but apparently the rumor is he's on his way back. So, you know,
0: and I, I don't know if you know this or not, but he's a full-blown diabetic.
2: Yeah, I, I am aware of that only because of, you know, when he got injured and all the sort of news that came out about that, I saw that that he was a, a diabetic. So, I, man, I can't imagine how to deal with that and having such a physical job and having to train and wrestle and then deal with managing your blood sugar all at the same time. Like... Wasn't that a, wasn't that a huge thing when, um, oh shit. Now I'm not going to remember it. Was it Jake Cutler was a diabetic too the quarterback when he was with the bears?
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: And everybody made such a big deal about managing his blood sugar and how tough it is. I'm like, this motherfucker's wrestling probably three nights a week, you know, managing this stuff and training, you know, it's wild.
0: It's ridiculous. And I, you know, I always talk, I've talked to this a few times, but, um, Kyle O'Reilly, those a special place in my heart because when I got back into wrestling, um, how I kind of got back was I was actually caretaking at a place that I had cable, uh, so I was spending the winter watching these people's house. Um, Sounds fancy pants, but not really fancy pants. But the first non WWE match that I saw was Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida at the Be- best of Super Juniors final in 2015, and I ain't never seen no shit like that. Right? It, it just blew my fu- I mean, it blew my fucking. I'm like, what am I watching?
2: Yeah. No, was, the Super Juniors is like a whole different breed. It's it's wild, and it is something that if you've never seen it before, you know, it is a, a little bit of a different style. You know, it's not all the way Lucha, yeah. but it's, I think, as close as you're going to get. You know what I mean?
0: Um. So, yeah, so shout out to Kyle O'Reilly. Hopefully he comes back. Hopefully he gets a nice little run. Um. So we'll see. Is there any chance that the devil is Kyle O'Reilly?
2: I've... I, if anybody's been listening to the Mark Order podcast, I've thrown that out there a few times and it would make complete sense. Like when you look in, in the way that the story is running with MJF and Adam Cole. So I think it's possible. And from everything we've collectively on the Mark Order podcast have read about what's going on with this whole angle. And again, when I say read, I mean, looking at different dirt sheets and whatnot, you know, like everybody, what what has been said is that the devil and this whole group, this is going to be their gimmick moving forward. And um, whoever that devil is may not be the actual devil yet. It could be a stand-in. So that's why, I like, the name, like, you know, Mustafa Ali or Ziggler or even a Kyle O'Reilly, it could be the devil and it could just be somebody standing in for them now. Or it could be Jack Perry and we're all fucked anyway, so...
0: I, for your sake, I hope not, but, uh, yeah, if, um, you know, Will and I did cover this, man, if you have not gone, if you, you know, after all the prodding, make sure you go back. I mean, they did show probably the better parts of this match. And I thought it was kind of cool that they went to black and white when all the blood happened, that was actually a rather genius idea.
2: Yeah. That's, that's a very old school move, right? Like that was something. I remember watching old, old wrestling tapes, like, I had an uncle who had like one of the who was who was into wrestling. He's probably the person who sort of pulled me into wrestling. Um, He had a bunch of like, you know, he had one of those uh, black boxes for cable. So like we could see all the pay per views and stuff. But he also had a bunch of like old wrestling on VHSs. And I remember those old, like some old matches from who the hell knows where NWA or WCCW or whatever. But somewhere where they would do all that old school stuff when blood came. So like, I don't think they were necessarily doing black and white. I think that's more of like a new school, old school thing. Yeah. But do you remember Tom, when they used to on those old shows, when they used to have blood and they couldn't show blood, they would just put a giant X across the screen. Yep. It's so weird.
0: Yeah. Or, or just blotted out or everything. So, um, I, yeah, I, I that was
2: very cool though, to go black and white.
0: Yeah. Um, and the other thing too is like I said, um and the thing I really like about Ring of Honor, um, obviously they're 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 um very lucky with their broadcast team, but the optic of Nigel McGuinness losing his fucking mind during this match, and you can see him because he's standing up right at ringside on commentary, I thought was awesome. There's there's a couple times that's happened. Um, you know, yeah. I like because I mean their announcers are right there at ringside, like right, like yeah right
2: off the apron i yeah. mean there's nowhere else to put him um yeah. yeah that was awesome and and it's it's so fun too like hearing nigel in 2013 <clears throat> and also being the authority figure sort of at the same time right yeah. um it's fun to see that and then also having him in AEW and we get to hear him do it on saturday nights is just so much fun and he's still so good at it it's yeah.
0: Um, and, uh, I mean, have you, um, have you ever, and I'm assuming you've seen Nigel matches, right? Yes.
2: Yes. That,
0: that guy could go. Um, yeah, we actually did a really good, uh, really fun watch along, um, Nigel McGinnis and Jerry Lynn Where actually, he, spoiler alert, he lost the belt to Jerry Lynn. Yeah. And, I mean, Nigel was a, I, I didn't know that. Like I didn't, you know, I just started digging into Nigel's, you know, past, matches probably till two three years ago it's like because i just knew him from being a commentator you know and like i said you know like the you know the uk your nxt uk tournament stuff like that so i was like and yeah. such a person too. that spiky that douchey spiky hair yeah
2: it's wild right yeah he he had such a uh such a difference between the wrestler he was and the you know commentator he became You know, it was totally different, but yeah, I mean, uh, he was a a great wrestler. It's a shame, you know, that he got sick and he basically can't wrestle again. Although there are people holding out hope that, uh, Danielson, Brian Danielson will make it to Wembley, uh, in 2024, because there are people who think it's possible. I don't know how possible it is but there are people who think it's possible that Nigel can wrestle one match against
0: Brian Danielson. you imagine? In Wembley, that would be huge. What kind of fucking crazy timeline are we in right now?
2: I mean, it's the multiverse, right? So who the hell
0: knows? You know, it's just, you know, even if it doesn't happen, just the possibility that it could. It's
2: a wild time we're living in.
0: You know, I don't know how that, I mean, would, would they just, I mean, that'd be risky for Danielson. Cause I mean, it's the, it's the hepatitis and you don't get rid of that. So I wonder if they make sure he can't bleed or something. I don't know.
2: I That's, that's the only thing that I'm like, how can you ensure he doesn't get cut open? You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
0: Especially the way they wrestle.
2: Yeah, for sure. But I mean, if you're going to, if you were going to try to figure out a way that it could happen Part of me is like, there's nobody better that you could probably put him in the ring with than Danielson. Yeah. You know? So I mean, Danielson, Danielson was wrestling with his his, you know, forearm, not a hundred percent,
0: you know. <laughs> That's one way of putting it.
2: And and he talked about, you know, working smoke and mirrors during his matches, you know, like a magician not telling his secrets. I mean, the guy's great at what he does. I mean, he is. Easily a case for best in the world at the moment, but we're not talking about right now, we're talking about 2013.
0: Yeah, um, and obviously, Nigel and Danielson obviously have history, so I don't know if it happens, Oof. uh, but real quick, uh, we get a real quick Jay Lethal promo, and uh, you know, Jay Lethal does, obviously does not like this, uh, new Adam Cole, you know, he's you know, it's all about Adam Cole, and then uh, um, we don't get a well, we got a little bit but basically. Uh, For those that are, if you're tuning in for the first time, but Steve Carino is all in on Adam Cole. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's always talking about how he was at his wedding and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, And then show real quick that um, Adam Cole beat Roddy for the TV title. Uh, And then Matt Hardy came in and kind of targeted Cole uh, with his, his bullshit backhanded comments. And (sighs) we'll get into Matt Hardy later. Um, I I know I'm not supposed to like him, but I just don't like him. Um, but ever since Adam Cole did lose to Hardy at final battle last year, he has been wrestling a little bit of an edge, and then I gotta get I'm gonna try and find a clip of this. Jay Briscoe. Uh, this will be my weekly show to Jay Briscoe. That fucking promo he cuts classic Jay. You want not so to a fucking promo on Jay fucking are you are you out of goddamn oh?
2: So funny. I mean, the the bleeping you know the constant and 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 like that just was perfect
0: yeah um man i man i miss jay so we say it a lot so um and uh real quick um i I mean we've talked about this but i don't know how you feel but sometimes to me it doesn't seem like jay's gone because i see him every week on tv watching this is that weird
2: no, it's not weird, man. I mean, his legacy is gonna live on, right? Like, I mean, we'll always have we'll always have the the tape library and that's sort of a sort of a good thing about the era that he was wrestling, right? is that there's essentially like video of everything. I mean, as much stuff as you can find video for, it should be there. even if it's not something that was shot, you know, there's a chance that somebody had a camera. Uh, and was shooting something. So that's good. What to this day, I still, and we talked about it after he died on the Mark Order podcast, but you know, the shame of it all is the fact that he couldn't be recognized or Warner Brothers wouldn't recognize him on television because of, you know, some past, you know, tweets. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, People have to pay a price for, for your actions. Um, And, you know, excuse me. I felt like, um, I felt like he did everything he could to atone for, for the the tweets that were, you know, not good. Um, I feel like he apologized. He did everything he could. He sort of tried to give back as much he could, but the fact that Warner brothers wouldn't, allow them to like talk about him or show them on TV at the, you know, the end of his life that we didn't know was going to be the end of his life for what they did on pay-per-view with the amazing matches they had with FTR is just, that's the heartbreaker is that there was no, he didn't get that final recognition on a larger platform of television before he died, and that will always be the heartbreaking part about the way things sort of went down at the end.
0: Yeah, and listen, like and, and and don't get me wrong, what he said was was pretty fucking bad. but yeah. the Look at it. If Effie co-signs on it, obviously Effie is a leader in that community. Um, if he can get over it, then and he can say Jay's changed, then you all need to get the fuck over. It. You know. So
2: yeah, no, listen, I I agree with you. What he said was not not good. And that's putting it lightly, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but again, I, I feel like he spoke his piece. He explained, you know, where he was at that time. He, he apologized it. he tried to atone for it. You know, like you said, co signed on him, you know, enough people I felt like said that they understand and that there were discussions and that, he, you know, he sees things differently. Um, it was just a shame that, you know, The
0: executives were sort of scared by it. Stupid. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just weird. And in part of it's denial, you know, you don't wanna, you know, you don't want to admit that that he's gone. You know, I've had that a couple times. I said I remember when a friend of mine passed away in a skiing accident and like I would see him like all the time. Like I remember Mm -hmm. one time I like ran like, oh, it's like you're in denial, but okay. I thought I wanted to get, get your perspective on that. So we're obviously big Jay Briscoe fans here, but Uh, We cut to when Adam Cole uh, was fighting Roddy for number one contendership match, and uh, you know Adam Cole uh, was trying to help Roddy get back in the ring, but then he ended up taking the you know the count out. Um, And then we uh, go over the six man or the sixteen man tournament. Um, You're lucky you missed that because that kind of dragged out a little bit there. Um, We had to give up the belt. Um, You know Cole did beat uh, Mark under some suspicious circumstances, but he did beat J. Lethal Queen. Um, and Ciampa pretty viciously,
3: mm-hmm.
0: then he got Elgin in the final. And uh, this match, it was weird. Um, I'll have to ask Willow Balls when he comes on because obviously he was reviewed this <laughs> a couple weeks ago. But did that crowd seem dead for that match on TV?
2: It did. I did, you know, I did sort of note that, um, <clears throat> from, from when they showed it, like I watched and I was like, you know. Now, don't don't get me wrong. I should say this now because we're gonna see Mike Elgin again. uh, Mike Elgin never really did anything for me. I, I he had a ton of talent for the for a man his size for the things that he was doing was was incredible. but he just never like really got me going. like, but even that, that match was entertaining. And yeah. that round did seem awful dead, especially because there were stakes involved in that match. It wasn't just a regular TV match. It yeah. was for the world championship.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, I don't remember. when. I mean, that was literally a couple months ago. I don't remember being, I was just kind of like, Oh, that's kind of, kind of odd. Um, yeah. Cause what they, what they do with these is they, they do their t- like a bunch of tapings and they put them on pay-per-view and then they put, they put those on TV later. So I actually saw that twice, but um. Yeah, and then uh at the end, you know, obviously they show Jay, you know, giving up title, and then uh the heel turn is complete as Adam Cole fucking kicks uh kicks Jay Briscoe in the back of the head. And uh Adam Cole is still your uh your t- your uh, Ring of Honor TV champion. Um, real quick before we jump into Final Battle, uh here, real quick, and money. Um so we always ask at the end of every episode, listen, um, you know, the gimmick of the show is if hey, this is your first episode of, of Ring of Honor TV. Like let's say you were up late when I just happened to run it on the public access TV. Would mm-hmm. you keep watching Would this episode have kind of brought you in as a ring of honor fan? See, so
2: this is a weird one, right? Cause I almost feel like this is a loaded question because if I came across this as a retrospective, I might, I could go either way. You know what I mean? Because it's like, okay. Like it tells me a little bit about who this guy is who I've never known before, but like, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know. That's the weird thing. Like, I think if this was a regular episode of TV and I understand why it wouldn't have been at this time of the year, yeah. um, if it had been a regular episode and we had seen, you know, that Mike Elgin final along with other matches on a card, I'd probably say, yeah, but because it was like this sort of retrospective with clips in the middle it's sort of hard to tell. It, it is kind of weird that this would be, you know, that this would could be an opening, you know, sort of into this. But I feel like if you come across this, sorry, my for some reason I disappear when I raise my arm on video. Um, uh, I feel like if you come across this and you are somewhat interested in wrestling, seeing the clips, learning about a character, and seeing some of the other things. You know the other characters along the way, like the Jay Lethal, the Steve Carino, the Jay Briscoe. You know the promos that they cut in the middle. It yeah. could probably pull you in. You know it, it's it's really hard though, Tom. Like just knowing now who Adam Cole yeah. went on to be and what he did down the line, it's like it's hard for me not to be like, sure, why not? But like you know, trying to think about this with fresh eyes, I I don't know, and that's not really a cop out answer. It's, I don't know because this is a retrospective episode it's not straight wrestling
0: yeah yeah it's it's just it's tough they don't time it out sometimes but um you know we're still watching it um you know and this would have been the week this would have came out the week after final battle um so people might have known the results already so um we'll see but um but to the main event um I don't have a Mark Henry here uh, clip is Mark Henry still doing this is the main event clip thing?
2: No, I don't think they've done that in a while. Not for any particular reason. I think it just sort of like ran its course, and then they yeah. they do like a maybe a video pre package or something like that. Uh, I don't. I don't generally get to see Rampage live much anymore because sometimes I'm at, at this point in the year we're sort of hustling around trying to do things on Fridays, but right. um, but yeah, I sort of zip through Rampage.
0: Smoke, say hi, Uncle. Oh, she's like, I do off TV. Um. <laughs> All right, so it's Final Battle 2013, uh, original air date December 14, 2013. Uh, but Aunt Money, you got a hell of a curtain jerker here right off the bat. We kind of discussed this in pre-production, but uh, um, actually, it's funny in my notes. Actually, I did put Hangman, but Adam Page obviously he's not Hangman quite yet. Uh, versus Matt Hardy And uh Matt Hart, It's says last match in Ring of Honor. Uh, and thank fucking goodness it's been a couple months. Uh, but goddamn, I mean. Adam Page looked really good in this match. Obviously, Matt Hardy, say what you will, is a fucking pro. That's the bottom line. And he's really good at this wrestling thing. Um, you know, and all in all, Adam Page had a better year than – because all you hear is, like, you weren't shit before you were a hangman. You know, you weren't shit before your bullet club, blah, blah, blah. But he had a better year than I expected. Uh, got a lot of offense, a couple near falls uh, to Adam Page. But uh, to the point where Nigel even said that Adam Page was ahead on points. Uh, but in the end of the uh, match, the twist of fate does it in. Um, but yeah. Uh, Page lost, but got put over. Um, obviously, it's a pretty quick synopsis of the match. But uh, what would you think and how did you feel, you know, seeing a, a fresh, you know, fresh out of, you know, he's two years into his professor. He's still working as a professor here at Virginia Tech. Yeah. You know, um, young 22-year-old Adam Page.
2: Yeah, obviously pre-Hangman, you know, uh, coming out with the trucker hat. Or whatever he was wearing. Um, it's it's just again, it's so funny. We mentioned it before, just seeing the grizzled vets, quote unquote, that they've gone on to become now. Um, no, this was uh, you know, they said that that he was looking to sort of make a name for himself in this, which was maybe his biggest match to date. Yeah. Um, and I mean it it quite possibly could be, right? I mean, you're going up against Matt Hardy, who was a well-known name. And wrestling uh you know he's under this self-proclaimed icon sort of uh moniker um you know it was it was a it was fun to see hangman working this before or, again i just did what you did i'm calling him hangman it was fun to see adam page pre-hangman and to see sort of how it eventually evolves into who he became right like so he did look really good. What I thought was sort of a weird thing during this match was um like they expose the floor. They expo- they pull up the pad on the floor and that never comes into play. Like it just it happens, nobody gets hit on the floor and then the match ends with a twist of fate. Like I only call it odd because I think we're so used to now, right? Like well you see them set something up, eventually it's going to come into play. And it never came back into play.
0: Yeah. Well, in this match, but it did in the next one, which is ironic. Sure. sure. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was fun. As I said Adam Page is, you know, I'm a mark. Uh Adam Page is probably my favorite, you know, AEW person currently. Uh, I drove all the way to Minnesota. actually, I rode in a car all the way to Minnesota to see him win the championship, uh, at full gear. Uh, you know, the one AEW shirt I have is the cowboy shit, Adam Page. Um, mm-hmm. but he's had a really good, solid year. Um, in 2013, it was good to see you know, I mean, he's used a lot of moves that you know he will use later on. Yeah. you know, he didn't get a buckshot lariat, but uh, yeah, and I think, um, you know, as much as I am not a Matt Hardy fan, he did what he was supposed to do, and he got page over because he recently, I think they said on TV, he recently signed full time with the Ring of Honor a couple months ago.
3: Yeah, I think That's you're
0: right. Yeah, him and Silas were kind of so, so it's kind of cool. Um, uh, but next we get a and. I say this every fucking week, and this will be my weekly shout out But goddamn next, Mark Briscoe is a national fucking treasure. Yeah. This goddamn promo is classic fucking Mark. Um talk about Papa Briscoe whipping him. He just starts whipping the air randomly. He's like, Silas, you ain't no real man. He's like, Well, you got a little bit of chest hair. Um Mark is—he's just a fucking national treasure. That's all I really gotta say. Um, great promo, I really loved it. So, um, kudos to Mark. And like I said, everything that that guy does. So, he's been a couple of our, our our questions of dishonor. So, yeah, Will was talking a couple weeks ago that uh, we booking the Briscals with Scooby Doo would be fucking fucking money. Yes. would be fucking money. So, yes. Uh, uh, real quick for getting the match, uh though. Anyway, any thoughts on that promo though?
2: No, I mean you pretty much said it. Cl- just the classic Mark Briscoe promo. Um just it, it was perfect. It really was. It was perfect, exactly what you needed on Mark Briscoe. Funny to see, you know, again, we're we're in 2013 here, but fasting. Fast forwarding to where we are today in 2023 with Mark Briscoe. He's still sort of cutting the same types of promos. And I'm so happy it just hasn't changed.
0: Oh um, um, now you said you haven't seen the six-man match yet from Final Battle 2023 with uh Mark and FTR.
2: I haven't seen it yet, but I've you know I've seen the results. I heard it was great.
0: Mark is hilarious. At one point, he just goes, he's like, Paul Turner, you're really gonna count us out. What the fuck are you thinking, boy? Uh it was just uh, it, it's worth it just for that. So, I, I almost teared up. So, uh, but our next match, though, uh, speaking of Mark, obviously, he's referencing, uh, I was pretty stoked when they announced this, but uh, it's Silas Young, uh, Milwaukee's own close personal friend of Ring of Honor, uh, versus Mark Briscoe in a strap match. And uh, it sounds like this strap was specially made for this match, but uh, but this kind of surprised me. But this actually says this is the first strap match in Ring of Honor history, which I thought was kind of odd.
2: Yeah, I did catch that. They said this was the first one in their history, and you are correct. They did mention that the strap was made by one Sharon Ross in Bucks County, PA.
0: Uh, Of course. Um, Bucks County. So I'm assuming Bucks County is pretty close to Delaware, I'm assuming.
2: You know, honestly, my geography is not too good. I don't know if it's right there, but it's definitely, I think it's sort of like, South, okay, Pennsylvania, but closer, you know, further in. It's not like right on the border.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah. And then um, I just got some random notes here about Stan. It's oh, this match is better than the Stan Hansen versus Lex Luger strap match. Uh, fuck Lex Luger. Speaking of Randy Matchman Savage earlier. Um, but to say this is a technical masterpiece of a match would be a misnomer because these two beat the piss out of each other. Um, I can literally, obviously, I'm a big Silas Mark being, I, I actually know him, uh, on a, a relatively personal basis, uh, but I could watch these two wrestle every fucking day, they're, they're tailor-made for each other, Um, we say it all the time, Styles make fights, and these two are very similar, Um, but I really liked, in the end, Uh, Silas grabbed Mark, and he was kind of fireman's carrying him, uh, hitting all the corners, uh, but Mark was hitting him right behind him, yep. which I thought was something different, I was like, well, that's interesting, uh, but then the fourth one, and Mark went to roll him up, but then uh Silas countered and got the fourth one. Um I like that, but I, I you think they would have paid it off with Mark winning.
2: You know the weird thing? Um so I guess first of all, I agree with everything you said. Like this was a fantastic match. They beat the piss out of each other. And I did like I did like Silas touching. The turnbuckles and then Mark doing it right behind him, like very smart. I also, earlier on, sorry to Tarantino this, but earlier on, um, when Silas tied up uh Mark by the legs and was touching the turnbuckles and dragging him around, I also thought that was pretty genius. But the end of this match, here's what I don't understand, Tom. So the rules for the strap match as most most strap matches where you have to touch the turnbuckles, so you have to touch them uninterrupted by an a, by an opponent's offensive move. I would make the argument that the roll-up, like that roll is technically an offensive
0: move. Ooh.
2: Like, so
0: Mark's got some room for protest, huh?
2: I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand because he's clearly interrupting his his progress.
0: That's a good call. I didn't think of that.
2: I'm just saying, I think that I think that we should open a case now in 2023 to have Tony Khan's Ring of Honor overturn uh the Carrie Silken decision from Ring of Honor in twenty thirteen.
0: All right, fake TK, make this happen. Um, you know, we'll tweet at 20Con, make this happen. You know, Silas has worked for AEW. Um uh, uh-huh. maybe we maybe we need a rematch. So um yeah, that's a really good point. I just it just looked weird. Um, I really liked the idea, and I thought maybe Silas was just being a prick and just did it, you know.
2: It it almost like for a for a half a second there, Tom. I was like. And I th- I think the referee was Todd. Um, I almost felt like did Todd Sinclair just fuck up? Like, did he call for and ring the be- like call for the bell and totally fuck this up? Because no offense, uh, it's a very ring of honor ish thing that could have happened back in this time period. Yeah, where it would have been completely fucked up, and that's not a bad thing. That's just one of the joys of being an indie promotion, right? And I will talk about the joy of an indie promotion as we get a couple more matches in here. But, um, but yeah, that was just something I took away from this time. I was like, I would say technically that was an offensive move. He, he interrupted by trying to roll him up. That's an interruption.
0: Yeah. Um, this guy go to rest court. I say, we get this, we get this win overturned. Let's do it. Yeah. So, and, uh, hopefully, Silas doesn't punch me in the eye next time he sees me. So, um, that's a lot of bunch of name drops I just did right there. So,
2: it's all right, you can do it.
0: Um, but the next match, uh, I actually texted you and Will about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrenaline Rush. Um, are you familiar? I mean, obviously, I'm assuming you're obviously I'm, I'm very aware of ACH, obviously. Um, but do you know much about Tadarius Thomas?
2: I honestly did not. Uh, and I had uh, I saw the match and I was just like, I just don't recall to Darius Thomas at
0: all. He doesn't have much personality, but he can fucking go. Yeah. Um, yeah. This cap in your ass style that he's got. Oh, wait, no. Karina wasn't on the call. Yeah. Whenever he's on TV, Karina always calls a cap in your ass karate instead of capoeira. Um, yeah. go me If you get chances and check out some to Darius matches. I mean, the guy, the guy is really good. Um, His, his style fits very well um, with with Ring of Honor. Uh, him and Kyle O'Reilly have had some bangers, so definitely check out Tadarius Darius you chance a chance. Um, yeah, I guess he's been – he walked away like in 2015 and never really came back, so he's mm. not on social media or anything. But uh, Adrenaline Rush uh, versus uh, the new and reigning junior NJPW Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks. Yeah. Um, it sounds like the Young Bucks won their, their title on their first night in the company. Um Yeah, I, I didn't catch the exact
2: what they said exactly on commentary, but yes, they did make a big deal of them being the IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champions because it was like their first step into the company. Now, I don't know if that meant their first night or yeah. if it was like their first
0: shot that they had after coming in, but yeah, it was a big deal. Um. Yeah, and and like I said, in Ring of Honor land, we haven't seen – I mean, we've seen the Bucks here once in a while, um, but this is the first time we've seen them in a minute, uh, and I hope that this is – first thing is going forward, because obviously the young Bucks will be very prevalent in Ring of Honor history going forward. Um, Are you guys fighting?
2: (laughs) You got a cat fight?
0: I might. One second, I'll
2: be right back. Chico, you okay, boy? Smoke, what are you doing? Oh, boy. I can vamp. While Tom's gone, I'm going to vamp. So um, I hope you're enjoying this episode of ROH Revelry. I really enjoy being here with Tom. And even though William Mercier Jr. is not here, I hope one day that this appearance has been good enough for an invite back and that at that point in time, I plan to make a determination uh, on whether it's me that William Mercier Jr. doesn't like, or uh, if it's truly he had something else going on, because I'm going to maintain that it's me because William Mercier Jr. is not here tonight. I'm just going to say it. I still love William Mercier Jr., but I think it's me. I'm just going to say it. I think it's me. Also, I'm going to cheap plug right now while Tom's out of here. Uh, check out the Mark Order podcast on Wednesday nights, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube and anywhere you can find your podcast afterwards.
0: Are you guys going to behave? Okay. Well, we'll see. Smoke's you okay? Yeah, Chico can be kind of a bully and they've been, uh, we've had some issues with them this past couple of weeks. Cat fights. so good. You'll get some treats. Okay, you guys are sitting by each other. So love your sister, Chico. This is great podcast content. Uh and that was a great uh pontification, by the way. So uh we will come, we will we will get a resolution on whether uh Will just doesn't like you or not. So we'll find out. So I think it's me. You know, I don't think so, but you know, you know, Will does what he wants. So that's right. He's a man about town. That's <laughs> very true. So uh but at the end of the day, I was fucking stoked for this match when it was announced. Um, I really do like Adrenaline Rush. I mean, ACH is one of my all time favorites. Obviously, my my profile picture on my Twitter is still an ACH shirt. Um, you know, t- uh, basically, Tadarius hurts his shoulder kind of earlier. Um, mm-hmm. But once ACH hit the ring, I mean, Tadarius, this wasn't his best match. Um, he is kind of like some nights he'll be off and some nights he's fucking on. Um, so sometimes when he's off, he's off. And when he's on, he's on. But goddamn, once ACH hit the ring, shit churn fucking yeah uh things started cooking um classic books you know We even got a five-star milter driver out of them um ach made the save after that uh but he goes for a dive to the outside and that fucking super kick he ate massive. <laughs> just massive um but uh yeah in the end uh tedarius thomas falls for more bang for your book um you know, it's the, the young bucks don't use that move very often. It's good to see that one here in 2023, but uh, hopefully more bucks in the future. And uh, we'll see where uh, ACH and Tadarius Thomas go uh, after this. You know, we'll see because unfortunately, uh, CNC Wrestle Factory of Cedric Alexander and Caprice Coleman just broke up, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of sad. But Cedric Alexander, so underrated. Oh my God. But it sounds like he's getting more he's getting more uh, steam here with uh, trips in, in charge. So
2: in charge. sure. Well, I'll say this about this match spe- specifically: uh, fantastic seeing those classic cocky heel young bucks in their '90s tassel gear, yeah. and still doing stuff that they do. Fast forwarding to 2023, where they're just talking shit throughout the match. I think at one point Matt gets tagged in. Uh, and as Nick is exiting, he steps on Matt's tassels and like it catches Matt for a second. He turns around to him and says, Hey, don't step on my tassels. Like that just made me laugh. I don't know why, but yeah, just fast paced, high flying, nothing else than you would expect out of a young, uh, a young bucks match. And especially with, um, uh, with the general uh, adrenaline rush. Yeah. Uh, so just fantastic. <laughs> that more bang for your buck is was a fantastic move,
0: yeah, it was just beautiful. so yeah, hopefully um obviously you know the young bucks will be fixtures I'm just not sure when. yeah uh, yeah, cause I think we've only seen them in the two years you've doing this maybe five or six times um and the tag team division really is in dire. I mean, they say they're working on the tag team division, but <sighs> so it'd be nice to have them because obviously the Priscos aren't taken right now. uh CNC has quit, so um Re Dragon and yes, we do call them Reed Dragon in your honor. Yep, uh, so uh we'll see. Uh but next match, I have a feeling this might be what you're t- what you're talking about with uh Indian promotions. Uh Mike Bennett versus Kevin Steen in an army stretcher match. And I know this is just audio, but if you can see me on video right now, I am currently rubbing my face because what the fuck were they doing with an army stretcher? Chico, calm down, buddy. It's okay, come What say today? say hi? Don't go Um,
2: so so Tom this is what I wanted to ask you about the joys of an indie promotion they had the army stretcher right yeah I'm sure you want to talk through points of this but I just have to ask you this up front they have the army stretcher they have one army stretcher do you think it was planned to have that stretcher be broken and be left with no goddamn, you know, resolution.
0: I'm going to say no, knowing the ring of honor as Absolutely I do Absolutely not. Um, I was like, first of all, yeah, it's, this is really, I mean, they're lucky um, that they've got two pros that they do because they made it work. Right. Uh, but Kevin Steen's reaction so when it was broken was it just made, it's why he's the goal
3: yeah
2: yeah and, and he was quick enough to grab the mic and basically shit talk Maria Canellis and basically you know uh say that um he's gonna beat ben Bennett until he can't stand um so it just automatically turns into a last
0: I don't man, know. yeah I last, guess, last man
2: standing sure.
0: Um, kind of, <laughs> um, I'm glad we both thought the same thing. So, um, but real quick, they did show the, the quick promo, of kind of how we got here. Nah. Um, obviously they're not AEW or, um, WWE, obviously WWE is great at these. Did those promos do anything for you? Not kind of, I mean, cause you're kind of going blind into this match. Did they help at all? It,
2: it did help because of the sheer fact. Now we didn't even call this out. So this was a stretcher match and the stipulation was that the loser, loser must stop using the pile driver so so from from somebody let's say uh first time i might be seeing this i'm going to be asking well who cares it's a pile driver so the promo actually does a great job for me okay. to help sort of show uh the importance of what the pile driver means to both of these wrestlers in their offense So from that standpoint, I think it did a great job. But to your point about it being like, you know, maybe the production value is a little bit lacking or like, you know, it's not in the same par of what you would see from like the WWE or even maybe a WCW, Um, you know? Yeah. But again, Ring of Honor never really had awesome production value. It got better over the years. Yeah. But it was, it was, the funny thing, Tom, is like, uh, even when they were in their, their last big boom, years down the line with Cody and the Bucks and Hangman and, you know, he who shall not be named Marty Skrull, right? Um, like, even then the production value wasn't, like, awesome. Yeah. But that's sort of like, it's funny because I think Kate said it last night perfectly was that like ring of honor was what from a wrestling standpoint was what NXT black and gold was, but it lacked the production value. And I was like, yeah, that is a great way of putting it. So to me, the promo was fine to help me understand why the pile driver stipulation exists because it sort of explained how important it is to them. Um, But, I mean, you didn't necessarily need that to have this match happen.
0: Yeah. Um, And it's funny because Steam just got his pile driver back within the past year. So, I just thought that was kind of funny.
3: Yep.
0: kind of go over the match real quick, um, obviously, Kevin Steen gets on the call. You know, it says it's the Hammerstein ballroom, uh, which ain't right. Um, Another not very technical match. Uh, Michael Bennett's nuts definitely took a beating on those poles. Um, I did crack up. There's a no babies chant or something very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Nigel once again putting over how fucked up kevin steen's back is uh and he's talking how he threw kevin steen off of something one time um but he hits the package pile pretty early on uh and rolls bennett out of the stretcher uh but then, then they're, they're rolling you know uh, bennett out of the stretcher uh but maria, maria stops him and then uh like aunt money said Uh, They're taking him out. Steve dives over the top onto Bennett, and there's no more stretchers.
2: Destroyed.
0: (laughs) And then uh, Kevin Steen literally just shreds the motherfucker and throws in the back. Um, And then, yeah, he references basically saying this is a last man standing. Um, Oh, yeah. And then uh, after that, uh, we got a fuck this stretcher chant. So New York was definitely on fire. I was, oh. um actually I guess we didn't mention I guess this happened during a huge snowstorm so I guess people yeah
2: yeah I guess so because it came up later um it came up later in the night uh I think Eddie Edwards said thanks for braving the storm yeah um, so yeah there must have been a bad snowstorm but it's New York things never stop like take the subway dude
0: okay. uh but then uh, of course again old random relay chant even though El Generico has been dead for a year at this point. Um, you know, uh, we get a package pile driver on Bennett, Bennett keeps fighting, uh, but then he gets a package pile driver on, uh, some chairs and, uh, Paul Turner just randomly calls it, um, to, you know, worrying about Michael Bennett's health. Uh, and then Maria comes in, slaps Dean, uh, the Steen being doing Steve's thing, uh, lets her go out of the ring. Uh, but nope, just kidding. Package trial for Maria. They've been working there for months um you know steam gets on the mic screams merry christmas and uh this that makes this uh, a christmas match so uh Mm -hmm. besides the fuckery of the stretcher or lack thereof uh what were your thoughts on this so i'm I'm glad the promo helped kind of give you some background on the importance of all this stuff um but uh what did you think of the match
2: well, I do have to correct one quick thing that you said. Steen says Merry Christmas bitch. Oh so yeah. I mean that's very important. Yeah. Uh, especially because he had just package pile drive Maria Canellis. Yeah. Hey, which hey, I hey. also have something to I I do want to talk about that momentarily. But as far as the match goes, like it I guess is exactly what I would expect to see out of Kevin Steen, you know. Yeah. Pre-WWE Right. So like this match was exactly what I thought it was going to be like, no disqualifications, no submissions, no pins, you know, it was just going to be beat them up, incapacitate them, get them out on the stretcher. And then the stretcher goes out. So it's just like beat the shit out of, them. you know, like, I mean, we make lemons out of lemonade. So the match was to me, perfectly fine. A lot of fun seeing, um, Two guys in Ring of Honor that both went on to be in the WWE and one is still there and the other is now in AEW. Just again, amazing to see these babies here. Yeah. Um, you know, and where they stand today. So the match was perfectly fine. My question for you, Tom, is um, was it as shocking for you to see Steen package pile drive Maria Canellis in 2013? Like well past what i would say would be the attitude era and even now going back and watching attitude era content you sort of like bite your lip and you're like that doesn't age well it just was sort of like for me i was like i didn't know that we were still doing this in 2013 i thought we were way past
0: that Matt and ring of honor um unfortunately how do i say this tactfully um Maria is not treated well in general. Um, sure. Commentary. Um, you know, of, of all things that have happened to Maria, um, that was actually compared to what we've seen in the past year. That's actually pretty tame. Yeah. I mean, he's been sexually assaulted multiple times. Um, you know, some very loose comments from people higher up. Um, so maybe I'm just numb to it. Um, and maybe I'm just Kevin Steen knowing that he's not that kind of person. Um, sure. You know, and she's very well protected. So I don't think so. But then again, listen, that's just coming from all the shit she's put up with in the past year Um was pretty tame. So yeah, if you just see it for the first time, it would be pretty shocking. But yeah, I mean, I'm literally like, I mean, well, even on her way to the ring, how many fucking guys tried to grab her? at? I'm like, really? Sure.
2: I mean, no, you're you're absolutely right. But but yeah, looking at things through a lens of where we stand in 2023, and the thought of even doing that like if i were to see uh take your pick of whoever at AEW right now cuz that's where maria canellas is right if you were to see anybody in AEW pick up maria canellas and put any offensive move on her it doesn't make, it could be a lariat it would be surprising yeah. so like seeing that happen here and again w- without what's already happened to her throughout the year of 2013 but just seeing that and then being like, wait a minute, that was 2013. Like, I feel like I would have seen that in the nineties and maybe early aughts. It was just surprising to be like, wow, 2013, this was still going on. All right.
0: Yeah. And and i uh, you know, and they've been building up to this, you know, the whole time. So I mean you yep. pretty much knew it was gonna happen. Yep. Uh, but I mean, from a from a common sense standpoint, why the fuck would she go in the ring and slap him in the first place?
2: Well, I don't disagree with you there. That's just yeah. a dumb
0: yeah, I mean, you know the guy's a fucking complete psycho in the best way possible, so, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, these guys are both masters, and it's just, you know, it, it, you wonder, because last year, you know, Steen was the highlight, was the main event. He was still champ, obviously, with with El Generico, and I don't want to say this is a step down, um, but Will and I have talked about this, because, I mean, I think he's leaving here probably the next seven, eight months, because I think he signed with NXT, I think, in August of fourteen, I think.
2: Yeah, it was I, I believe it was in the back end of 2014.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because he was champion up till April and he had a pretty decent championship room, but he's never gotten a title shot ever since. So I wonder if they knew he was leaving. Like I'm cause it usually NXT that usually just doesn't happen overnight. Right, of course. And with generical already being gone, because generical signed in January 2013. So uh, but I mean, Mike, I mean, I, I love Mike Bennett as a human being. Um, I love him as a character. You know, it's weird to see him now, like you said, because I mean, because now he's such a like, he's not a holy roller, but he's like an inspirational person. Yeah. But in 2013, he's just a fucking shit dirtbag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, I just, I, he's like, I just love the feeling, you know, of when I pile drive somebody. I'm like, and Maria, unless and Maria too, I mean, she's such a nice human being and she's just such an, such an asshole here. So, yeah. Um, but next, uh, well, speaking of AEW, a uh, new uh, AEW signee, uh, I think more of Ring of Honor with Prince Nana, who is the official talent scout, recently came back to Ring of Honor. Um, I love how Nana costs the music guy, uh, but he does shout out Nelson Mandela, who had recently passed away. That's right. Uh, officially, uh, he did not pass away in 2001, like a, the Mandela effect people think happened. Uh, but the million-dollar question here, money is you ever seen the movie Long Walk to Freedom? with Idris Elba as Nelson Mandela.
2: You know, I haven't seen it, but I've I've definitely heard about it. Now that you say Idris Elba, yeah, sure. I I've heard it's good. I haven't seen it.
0: Yeah, it it's, it's fantastic. I I'm, I'm a Nelson Mandela mark. I actually have said book. It is my cue. Um so if you ever get a chance to see it, um you know, I I definitely like those kind of movies. I think it's on I think I watched on Tubi. So it's it's shit. It is. It's, it's amazing what's on there. So, um, but, um, but yeah, real quick, uh, back to ring of honor, uh, Nana pops. Uh, he talks about, uh, the top prospect tournament, uh, but he's the one that signed Eddie Kingston and homicide, uh, two of the biggest stars. Uh, he wants to bring home, uh, the belt home, um, from re dragon. Uh, but obviously re dragon come out. They don't like it. Uh, Bobby wants a little, whatever, Nana smoking, uh, they chase the dragon on Nana. And then, uh, Will's favorite music, uh, shout out to Will here. Uh, Will hates Outlaw Inc.'s music here. And I forgot to mention that uh, Cre- uh, uh on the call and he still hates homicide. Hates him. Um, I mean the guy you know made him go deaf in one year, so yeah. Uh, yeah, so shout out to Kyle at the April Bump. He's actually about to hit that episode of, Ring of Honor, what I'm listening to. Um, he recently went over that episode of Ring of Honor. So uh, but uh and we've got a uh, Alt Law Inc. versus Red Dragon and uh, or sorry, Red Dragon, Red Dragon, yes. Um, and I do love that. Uh, you know, why they, they did the Red Dragon like that with the, the DNR standing up, right?
2: You know, honestly, Tom, remind me, I've heard this before, but I can't remember off the top of my head.
0: Uh, they're playing off the gimmick that they're just picking on Davy Richards, so the DR is supposed to, yes, it, yeah. yep, that's it. So, yeah, every time I see Red Dragon, I think of you guys, so um. <laughs> But, of course, I mean, with this match starts off the pure brawl, um, you know, these teams are a lot of great uh, tag team moves, uh, a lot of fun, a little short for my liking, especially for a tag team. You know, they're trying to push the tag team division. Uh, but in the end, uh, Chasing the Dragon the Homicide hits a um, – or they hit a Chasing Dragon on Homicide with a chair, uh, Dragon retained, much of the chagrin of Outlaw Inc. Inc. Um, they break some kid's finger. They hit a gringo killer on him. Eddie goes heel all of a sudden. They're fighting in the crowd. Um, I have to admit, I was watching this. I was pretty goddamn tired when I was watching this, so I didn't take a lot of notes. Um, What did you think of this one?
2: I mean, it was sort of exactly like how I guess I felt it would go with Outlaw Inc. Um, You know, what was interesting was the, the, the finish, right? Like, I don't it just seemed weird. Like it was like, come on. Like the referee definitely had to see everything happen. Like it just wasn't. And this is me picking nits. Right. But it's like, everything happened so close together that it's like, how could you not see this happen? But the title slide into Eddie from, from Bobby fish. And then the referee goes to take it away from him. And before the referees even turned around, like fish is sliding into the ring with a chair. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that stuff to me always sort of gets me. It's like, just wait one fucking second, man. Just like, wait. He's going to turn around and then you're home free. But that's me picking nits. I, I, so the match was, was fine. You're right. It was shorter than anticipated. Um, but the story that they were sort of telling here was with Outlaw Inc. coming in that, they said they were going to play by the rules and, you know, wear the shirt and tie and do the whole thing, which was funny because homicide was in there with a tie on. Yeah. Um, but you got to love the Eddie to homicide saying, do what you got to do partner. And then he breaks the kid's fingers. And then they say they're done playing by the ring of honor rules, you know, and they're going to do their own thing now. So like now they're off and, and sort of running with what they do best. So yeah, it was, it was sort of weird, but, you know, I mean, after that stretcher match, like, what are you supposed to put on that's not going to feel weird, you know?
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that that's a good point. And just the, the hard part is because Outlaw Inc. has been chasing redragon Dragon here for months. So this is kind of the blow off. Right. And it just kind of, it just kind of ended up kind of flat, you know? Um, but yeah. I mean, Eddie and homicide, I mean, you don't wrestle a style that's conducive to 25, 30-minute matches. Uh, sure. You know, I, I love homicide. That motherfucker needs his own podcast. He's actually a very entertaining person when he's not threatening to kill you. Right. Uh, you know, it was just kind of disappointing. So we'll see where, where Outlaw equals goes from here. Um, you know, and right, and uh earlier in the year they had, they played hot potato with the belts because I because Bobby Fish, I don't think he get into Canada, so they stripped him of the belt. They didn't strip him, but uh Forever Hooligans of Rocky Romero and Alex Kozloff came off. So there's mm-hmm. like a, a like a time where, like yeah, the Hooligans beat uh, Red Dragon, and then the Hooligans lost to the Wolves, and then and the Wolves lost. To, all in, like it's been like three weeks, right? All because they got had-
2: issues. Was- yeah,
0: yeah. And like, why did she not book Red Dragon on the pay per view? So, or you know, I don't know. It was just weird. But, um, but now uh, Red dragons There, I mean, it's been five months. Uh, so hopefully we'll get some contenders for them soon but this match unfortunately, I knew the results of this match before I watched it because I was because they're talking about Matt Taven being the longest reigning TV champ and they slipped and said when they lost it um but uh Taven is the longest reigning champ at this point uh he makes it makes the entrance um I really liked how they did this I'm that was very well done like Taven skins the cat. And Champa just grabs him right off the bat and fucking suplexes him. Yes. You know, and, uh, you know, we get a nasty knee in the barricade, but Taven turns around for a little bit. Uh, but then Champa takes control, suplexes him in the barricade, uh, gets a knee pad down on Taven in the corner. Uh, but Scar- Oh, yeah, Miss Scarlet Bordeaux, uh, mm-hmm. one of the hoopla hotties. Uh, mm-hmm. She's been here for a while. Interferes, but, man, she eats one for her troubles.
2: It's an, it's another one, Tom. The two spots in this match where it was the same thing that went through my brain. This is 2013.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. And she and she ate, they ate that one like a champ. But uh. But yeah, the truth. Wax him with the book of truth, uh, which per, used to be the biggest weapon in Ring of Honor. It was like the only thing that beat Michael Elgin for months. Uh. But Champa no sells him. Air raid crashes. Uh. Um. Taven or then uh, Casey runs, uh, Casey Ray comes in on top rope. Oh yeah. Champa air Raid crashes. Truth. Casey Ray comes in off top rope with the, um, gets her the backbreaker for trouble. And then Taven hits a beautiful sprog flash on Champa, but Champa rolls into a double arm submission. And just like that, the rain is over five minutes, maybe. Um, Roughly. <laughs> I mean, for as booked as Taven has been, uh, strong. Cause he's been champ for nine months. Right, it was pretty good. Um, like I guess I knew it was gonna happen, but entertaining. Champa looked great. I mean, they're going with a Sicilian psychopath, and he ain't wrong.
2: No, I mean, again, it's interesting to see where Ciampa went on, what he went on to do in like NXT with the WWE. Yeah, um, and again, just before you even get there, it's so fun to see. Chiampa here as a baby compared to like where he is now physically like he's working. Uh, I, th- I think Mrs. Money put me on to like um because I had talked to her about something like Malachi Black was on TV Saturday or something. And I was like, man, he looks jacked. And she was telling me, sorry, again, total sidebar. Uh, <laughs> she was telling me, yeah, he's working with some guy called. Uh, I want to make sure I get the name right. Uh, his handle on Instagram is Cement Factory, uh, but it's this guy Austin Sims, and like, so she was like, "Oh, he's working with Malachi," and I was like, "Oh, he looks great." So I went and checked him out, and I guess he's working with Champa now. To like, like on on his body, and it's so crazy. Like, there's pictures on there of like Champa, and it's so wild to see that. And I saw that before. I went back to just visit this and I was like oh my god the physical appearance is just completely different but Chiampa was doing Chiampa things you know back in 2013 like that dude just makes everything look super violent and yeah he's a goddamn psychopath and again the two spot with the women, two spots with the women here again as i just said to you made me go <laughs> in the brain it's 2013 why are we doing this but again it's you know yeah, this on the indies.
0: Um, but yeah, that's the first time Scarlet's taking a bump like that, though. It's yeah, and with Ciampa, like he came back about nine months ago. He was off with a pretty nasty knee injury, and they've been pushing him pretty hard. Um, I didn't know he like before I, I spoiled it for myself, I didn't know he ever held any gold in Ring of Honor. Because uh, I don't know if you ever when uh, Lillian Garcia was doing her podcast, I can't refine this episode, but I listened when she had Champa on, and Champa hated Ring of Honor. Like he said, it was like a lot start and stop and start. So I assumed he never won a title. So I guess we'll see what they do because he got a huge push. I mean, he's got the yeah. entrance, um, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, yeah, he beat a, a dominant champ in, in five minutes. Yeah, fast.
2: It was almost a squash.
0: Yeah, I was like, wow. Um, yeah, because Tatum's looked really good. At the beginning of the year, I picked a – uh, Brendan asked us who we thought our, our breakout stars for 13 were going to be. And I picked Taven and Silas and I was pretty much close on both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Taven's been champs. So much.
2: Yeah. He had a long run in 2013. I mean, they said it there longest TV champ.
0: Yeah. Um, and I used to hate, and it's funny. I hated Matt Taven until like probably the end of 2019. So I don't know why, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, any final th- thoughts on that one? I uh, Well, I, I know why I stopped hating him. I, um, I was at a Ring of Honor show, surprise, surprise, here in Milwaukee, and we were, me and my buddy Garrett were harassing the shit out of Taven, and he was giving it right back, and then we talked to him afterwards, and, uh, you know, he was such a good sport about it. It was awesome. So, as well as was like, yeah, it was like, we actually had a lot of fun. So, popped him a couple times, but um, yeah. but uh, and our next match, uh, Mickey and more Ring of Honor superstars, uh, Roddy Strong and Jay Lethal teaming up, uh, kind of an out pairing, uh, versus Eddie um, Edwards in his final Ring of Honor match. Mm-hmm. So, I'm assuming he's going to Impact full time here, or is he going to Japan?
2: I don't, I, to be honest, I don't, I didn't look too deeply into the timelines of Eddie Edwards, but he definitely was going somewhere. Especially because after the match, when they do the whole thing, I'm sure you'll get to it. But, um, Carrie Silkin says something like, Good luck, you know, good luck to you, or something like that. So he definitely was going somewhere. It wasn't like a retirement.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if Eddie Edwards ever came back to her. So I'll have to double check that, but I don't remember. Um, but, and then, uh, he's, he's supposed to have a mystery apartment. And, uh, well, I guess BJ Whitmer's retirement lasted all six weeks. Because he just <laughs> after Michael Bennett pile drived him. So, but I mean, well, let's just get into it and why it kind of makes sense. But um, and then earlier I had mentioned that Matt Hardy was part of Scum with Carino and Jacobs and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the Carino here is like totally no selling because basically at one point they had a, a cage match, it was Ring of Honor versus Scum, and then Steve Carino is gonna like Kevin Steen on fire, um, like quote unquote shoot. Uh, but Jacob start, stopped him, but they weren't scum together. But now, but they lost the match, so they had to disband. But now Carino had a contract to be on, te- or on the radio. And now he's just no selling that he even knows Jimmy Jacobs, which is great. <laughs> Fantastic. I think Carino is a national fucking Trevor too. Uh, tra- to. He's
3: oh, God.
0: He a little over the top sometimes, um, but he's just so invested in the character. Um, but I was impressed for not being a tag team. Uh, BJ Whitmer and Eddie Edwards actually had um, Kate the Great be happy about this almost had matching gear
2: yes you're right and it was fun too because I think at one point in this Tom you're talking about it seems like an odd pairing commentary I think at one point towards the end of this match even said something like I think uh, I think Kevin Sullivan said something like you know BJ Whitmer and Eddie Edwards make a pretty good tag team and I think Karina said yeah too bad it's the end <laughs> You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah. Um, you know, and shout out to Kate the Great. I mean, I wouldn't even notice matching ring gear up to like two years ago. So, um, you know, but three of these guys in this match are fucking amazing. I mean, Roderick Strong in Ring of Honor is just something to be fucking old. He is, and he's been kind of in a holding pattern. Where he's just been Mr. Okay, need a great match. Um, he's just putting on a match of the year contender all fucking year, but not really been in the title. Uh, contention so you know and like Karina always says he can just switch gears like Roddy's a fucking athlete the guy can fucking go dude uh, you're a music fan
2: are you you're familiar with misery signals I was just gonna
0: mention that yeah I saw you had that on your workout list at so
2: I mean you you're you're hard when you're picking your entrance music to be a victim a target I mean I I I remembered that he used it, but then, like, for some reason, I will, like, black out on that and forget. And then when I heard it, I was like, that's right. It's like, fucking Roddy picks great entrance music. Yeah,
0: um, yeah I forgot to mention, because you, uh, you had posted something about Misery Signals earlier on social media. Did you know that Roddy had come out to it when you posted that, or no? I
2: Like I said, I swear to God, I knew it. And then, like, I always forget. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, that's right. He came out to that. And it's that's the opening track on on that album. uh, Mouse of the Magnum Heart. And uh, it is a short song. It's only like a minute 30. So it's a it's a hard song. I mean, they open a lot of their shows with it. And the place fucking goes berserk. I mean, you can't put it anywhere else in your set. It's an intro. Uh, yeah. But the place always goes nuts. So it's a hard song. So, I mean, I just, uh, yeah, I did put it on social. I It's a way that I've been trying to keep myself accountable is like put what I'm listening to at the gym that night. So that yeah. way, it's like, I'm going to the gym, like, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, uh, love Misery Signals. Love the fact that Roddy used that in Ring of Honor. Also, love that Roddy is now currently using Kill Switch Engage. The guy picks Spangers.
0: Yeah, Um, and it's funny that Madball show I was talking about earlier, where I got my last concussion. Uh, actually, Misery Signals was one of the opening bands in that show.
2: What year was that? That had to be... Seven. Seven, so that was still... It wasn't Carl yet, right? No.
0: I don't know.
3: I'd have to look it up.
0: Um, yeah, it was... Uh. Yeah, Madball, oh, Misery Signals, a local band uh misery signals full-blown chaos and mad ball
2: oh my god
0: i love me some full-blown chaos
2: dude who doesn't jesus christ what a show
0: yeah um dude i saw full-blown chaos like like six times for like, I i him open up for exodus i saw him open up for fucking soulfly i saw him open up for morbid angel um all in this weird like 18 month span i saw them like six times they were road dog there for a bit
2: yeah well, actually, I just looked at the timeline. So at that point, Carl had just sort of been with the band for about a year. So he took over vocals for Jesse, and now they're back with Jesse. So yeah. it's wild. Anyway, I don't mean to send us on a...
0: No, that's, I mean...
2: Another tailspin. My God.
0: We're not here for, for my good looks. So, um... <laughs> but, uh, you know, BJ Whitmer did kind of slow the match down. Um, I did like the dueling, um... You know, soaring and scoring because both Eddie Edwards and Jay Lethal do that. Um, but then on the third one, Jay Lethal hits a, a LeBrand, uh, lethal injection, uh, which will, will be happy about because he hates when Jay Lethal calls out for the lethal injection because, like, it doesn't make sense. Why would right. you, do somebody? Um, especially with the move that's so intricate and takes a good two, three seconds to pull off, but I digress. So,
2: yeah, uh, no, you're not the first to say it. We've got uh, some people on our, on our <laughs> program who don't like it.
0: Um, but in the end, uh, Roddy gets, goes for a suplex, but Eddie reverses him a roll up. Um, and Edwards breaks tradition by not losing on his way out. Mm. Um, you know, but Jay Lethal respects both these two. Uh, he wants to thank them. Uh, but he's going to leave, you know, and then, uh, Edwards cuts a, uh, a not shitty promo. Cause Eddie Edwards, not known for his promos actually doing pretty good. And like you'd mentioned earlier, thanks everyone for braving the snow. Uh, he thanks everyone hugs them. Uh, he thanks him for one last match. And then uh, Whitmer goes, um, well, you're wrong there. This is not my last match. And, well, this is where things turn sideways. Um, a shout out to the In Madness podcast. This would be the milking of the alpacas moment of this pay-per-view. Um, because Whitmer, sidewalk slams Eddie Edwards. Out comes Jimmy Jacobs Or uh, Roddy Sick kicks him. And Jimmy Jacobs come out. And the decade is born, my friends. Mm-hmm. We knew it going to happen. I didn't know when. I didn't know it was going to be now. And I really, I, and I was kind of shocked. I didn't think it was going to happen with Whitmer being in this match, but Roddy is in a holding pattern no longer. So you gave me Roddy and Jimmy Jacobs together.
2: I mean, it's a strong pairing. I mean, and, and uh, a statement from Jimmy Jacobs right there spiking. Eddie Edwards and then digging it into his, you know, into his forehead. I mean, uh, so, so you're right, Tom, Eddie does break tradition by winning the match, but does he really win if he gets spiked and, and everybody turns on him? So
0: I, you know, I, I guess that's how they kind of put that. Um, and to give you a little bit of background, so I don't know if he caught this or not I don't know if they really mentioned it. So basically Jimmy Jacobs was scum. They get kicked out of ring of honor Uh, BJ Whitmer retires. He's like, Oh, I'm going to retire, but I'm going to ask you Nigel for one quick last favor. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs, he's been working hard and, uh, you know, he's had my back and give Jimmy Jacobs a shot. You know, he can be a good guy and Jimmy Jacobs went, you know, has his six matches with honor and he gets reinstated and now he's a bad guy again. Fucking love it. This makes me so happy. I am very happy about this. Roddy's got some direction. Um, I don't know where this goes, but I'm very excited about it. So that's, that's the nice thing is I don't know much about this era of ring of honor. Um, I know some parts, um, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this, I, I knew this was going to happen. Um, and I'm surprised Will didn't text me when he, when he watched this. Cause I know he did see this cause he called us a while ago. Um, very happy about this.
2: Yeah. You know what I appreciated about, about this specifically is, um, even today we don't always see a lot of sort of stories necessarily get advanced on pay-per-view shows. Right. So like a lot of times pay-per-view is just meant to be blow off. Right. Yeah. But it it's great because you used to see this happen a lot on pay-per-view shows where it's like, yeah, I guess like this is a, this isn't necessarily a blow off. It's a retirement match, but you are now thrusting a story forward by doing it here on a pay-per-view and it makes, it makes the show feel super important because it's not just sort of like a one and done thing, you know, now, you know, we have Jimmy Jacobs back. He's heel turned Roddy's, you know, okay with it. You know, BJ Whitmer's says, he, you know, he's just getting started and turns on Eddie. Like it just, it, it was refreshing to see that happen again because we don't often get this type of stuff happening in pay-per-views a whole lot anymore, at least from the stuff that I'm watching. You know, I'm I'm primarily focused on AEW because I just feel I've outgrown the WWE. It doesn't do anything for me, and I like the product in the ring better in AEW. Mm-hmm. But they don't often, they don't do this a lot on their pay-per-views where it's like you have a moment and then all of a sudden, like, something happens to sort of shoot you forward. You know, we're left a lot of times with AEW pay-per-views, I feel like, it ends. And now it's like, we got to wait for TV to see what happens. And a lot of times it's like, you don't know what's happening, you know? So it was fun to see this happen. Like, you know, now we've set this up for, you know, whatever's, you know, next, you know, the next TV show or whatever, however they're going to they handle it moving forward.
0: Yeah. And Ring of Honor usually doesn't do this. So, um, their storytelling has been a little weak. Um, so yeah, this is really good to see. You know, like yep. you said, it's kind of like it's a, a blow-off. Um, yeah, the decade is born. I'm just glad that I'm going to see Jimmy Jacobs more. Plus, I am a huge fan of that guy. And I think him and Roddy together. So, we'll see. I mean, BJ Whitmer, for some odd reason, it's tough for me to separate the art from the artist. Um, we've watched some old BJ Whitmer matches, and holy fuck, that guy could take a fucking a, a beating. Yeah. Um, because I you know because Bruno's a big fan of old school BJ Whitmer but then with the, with the current allegations it's like ugh, fuck but uh you know it is what it is so um but we are to our main event it's a three-way dance three-way Jay Briscoe versus Michael Elgin versus Adam Cole for the Ring of Honor title um and listen, I may have missed it, but did you kind of understand how we got here at all with this match? So I didn't
2: I, they didn't really explain how we got here, but to me having honestly having watched the the TV, which is weird because the TV would have happened after this pay-per-view. Yeah. The TV was actually a perfect way to set up this pay-per-view because okay. like um you know, they sort of Gave you this, how this sort of makes sense on that retrospective, because it they showed you literally at the end of that TV retrospective, Adam Cole beats Elgin. And then Jay comes out to, to give him the belt and then Cole turns on Jay, you know, so like it makes sense. But in the actual timeline of how these events took place, it makes no sense.
0: Yeah um and earlier uh they also didn't mention so steen and jay had a number or um obviously you know i mean everyone was thinking elgin's gonna win this thing uh the whole kit and caboodle but and then steen never got his rematch so steen and jay had a match to see who's gonna be in this match uh where maria fucked uh steen uh so that was kind of funny so um yeah it's uh and kind of like a, a backstory, like behind the scenes to break down the fourth wall. So, not a lot of people believed in Adam Cole, even after that whole hybrid fighting rules. But Jay was the one that really pushed for him in this spot. Um, Jay actually wanted him, and obviously, Jay put him over huge, sure, um, in the match, but even leading up to this. So, it was you know, Adam said, you know, it was, um, you know, unfortunately, with Jay's passing, I I kind of got spoiled a lot of this stuff. But, you know, Adam was talking – or Adam Cole was talking about something. But, yeah, Jay was the one that went to the bathroom for his first title run. You know, because Jay got hurt because he was supposed to be champion yeah. for a while. And, obviously, spoiler alert, Jay will be a champion in the future um, for quite a while. I think he's got, like, a two-year title reign. So, um, yeah,
2: it was quite some time, yeah.
0: That's a ways in the future yet, we'll just say. Um, but – um, and I do want to mention, I did get a little weepy watching the, you know, the Jay Briscoe Memorial six man match. So glad you're able to watch that. Uh, but, you know, the match starts with Jay and Michael Elgin. Uh, these two just can't get along to beat up on Adam Cole uh, quite right away. But Adam Cole, I mean, being a chicken shit heel, but why the fuck would you not? Why would you interfere? The two guys yeah. are missing each other, why would you just not? I mean, it just makes sense.
2: Yeah, I'm with you there.
0: But uh Jay knocks Elgin down, but he ain't having it. So uh he punches Elgin, but he dies on Cole. I thought that was well done. Um mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I say this a lot, but you forget with all the antics and the looks and everything, Jay Briscoe was a fucking athlete. The guy can fuck, I mean, he can not only go, but I mean he was I mean, he's a stud, you know, athletic. Yeah, you know.
2: absolutely. Yeah, he was he was another one of these guys. And I th- i said it before about Elgin Jay was a guy who for his size. Some of the shit he did, it was like, I, I don't understand how this is possible. You know what I mean? Um, but he was sort of like tall and thick. You know what I mean? Like he was just,
0: yeah. Freak athlete, man. Yeah. Um, for sure. So, um, and then it takes Cole the woodshed in the corner. Uh, but Jay and Elgin can't get together once again. And who's gonna beat up Cole? Uh Elgin does get a delayed suplex. Um, uh, he's been kind of known for his 60-second suplexes. I do love how Jay's egging him on. You know, yep. he he's cheering the crowd, telling them to come out longer and longer. Um, I thought that was that, and then uh um, but he dropped or uh, uh but then he drops some uh, Jays there. Um Right away to you know to pick up the bones. Uh Jay's on the apron. Elgin tosses Cole over the top, but then Cole grabs Jay for a DDT. That was a sweet fucking move. Yes. Um as the match goes on, Jay played it smart, like when Elgin lifts Cole up off the offer for the superplex. Uh Jay flies in with a frog splash, uh tries to get a pin on Elgin. Um, these three really do have great chemistry. Uh then it spills out onto the floor. Uh, and then Jay and Elgin finally get together. And double choke slam Adam Cole through a table. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those two just you know go into go into the ring and they have a fight. Fucking loved it part. So um, you know, it's gonna be fun to watch Jay and Elgin, you know, battle in the future here too. Uh, but then uh Elgin and Jay go through the announcers table, calls uh Cole calls for the count. Uh but Todd gets to 15 and Adam Cole stops it, and then Matt Hardy comes out, quits a fit on Jay. <laughs> Tries it on Elgin, but Elgin throws him. Elvin gets back in the ring. Cole tries to capitalize, but Elgin is Elgin. Uh, Mark comes out, uh, starts beating up on Matt. Uh, then, of course, Elgin dives and nails everybody. Uh, throws Jay in, Jay Driller, but Elgin kicks out. Uh, twice, Cole sneaks in, super kicks Elgin in the back of the head, and rolls him up with some tights uh, for the win. I Should just... It's tough when Elgin kicks out of two Jay Drillers, which are fucking nasty moves, but then he gets pinned with a roll. I know he's got some tights and all the whole leverage thing, and I get that part of it, but.
2: It was a great, I will say this. I did enjoy that sort of finishing sequence. So, you know, Jay's got Elgin's head between his legs, ready to, you know, powerbomb him or do whatever. Cole sneaks into super kick Jay, you know, so Jay's out and then backs up again, super kicks Elgin, you know, and then rolls him up with the tights. Like it was just a good sequence, but I understand what you're saying. Like how are the Jay drill is not going to keep you down, but the super kick will maybe cause it was to the back of the head and he was a little woozy. I don't know.
0: Yeah. But um, didn't see this coming. So Matt Hardy and I, and a start beating people up. And then some music I did not recognize came on, and holy fuck, a very spelt Chris Hero. So tiny. Comes out of nowhere uh, to a quote-unquote Hero's return, and Chris Hero is back. Um, So I think Hero had left for his first run as on Orno, and now he probably got fired and then he came back maybe, I'm thinking... Um I
2: mean that's that seems like it would make sense again. I'm not a hundred percent on the timelines just because my brain doesn't work that way. Uh, Um but but yeah, I mean it again, really funny to see Chris Hero come out and be this like skinny twig, you know?
3: (laughs) Just so
0: funny. Yeah, because and don't get me wrong, I love Chris Hero, and everyone I've talked to says he's one of the nicest human beings in the world, but he's had trouble with the weight. Ever since 2016. Um I, I did not expect this. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I thought we were gonna go off the air with Matt Hardy. I was like, ooh, so it was kind of serendipitous that they had that Kings of Wrestling match on TV, you know. So it was like you said, the TV in retrospect of a retrospective, um, to final battle was pretty well done. Now I think about it. You know, they laid some good eggs.
2: Yeah it just like i said the only weird thing to me was the fact that that retrospective ending would have sort of set this match up perfectly yeah. because it it showed you sort of how these guys are intertwined with each other so seeing it happen a week later
0: you know it was sort of just sort of weird i i don't know but i mean the ring of honor's timing in general is is weird you know like they'll have these pay-per-views but then they'll talk about you know, like three matches in like, this is the TV main event. I'm like, Oh, and then, yeah, it's kind of in general, but, um, God damn. I did not expect Chris hero. That was oh. a surprise.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I wasn't, I, I was with you. I thought that was it. You know, the Matt Hardy, the mentor, you know, with the student as Adam Cole, you know, thought that was it. Thought that was how we were in the show. So Chris hero was quite a surprise. And again, what's sort of cool is what they did is, you know, surprise, come back to close the show, you know, on a, on a high note, instead of, um, you know, having the, the heel win with a roll up, you know, and Matt Hardy and having the crowd, you know, unhappy, you know, you bring back Chris hero and everybody, you know, is happy to shit now going home.
0: Yeah. So, um, things are looking up, you know, it's, uh, it's the final pay-per-view for, we do have one more TV episode, uh, going into 2013, but, um, things are looking up going in 2014 for us. So we'll see what happens. You know, I am very excited for the top prospect tournament. Unfortunately, I do know who the finalists are, uh, but it'd be easy to see how they get there. Uh, with Chris hero back the decades here, uh, hopefully we get the young bucks some more. Um, yeah, a lot of good things. So, um, and money So, I know I asked you a little bit earlier, obviously, with with the TV show, but if this is, uh, if you just stumbled on this pay per view, what would your thoughts of uh, Ring of Honor have been? Would you keep watching Ring of Honor going forward? Honestly, more
2: so with the pay per view, yes, because I think a lot of what we saw in the ring at the time would have been unique. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, again, I, I don't remember exactly where we were in 2013 with like the WWE but that was really the only other thing on a major scale that you could see. So, um, so the wrestling styles are just different in ring of honor as they are in, in WWE. So, you know, seeing a team like the young bucks, you know, um, having that strap match, you know, stretcher match was the stretcher match. You know, I think there were just some, I think there were some things that were intriguing to me that I would be like, you know, this is interesting. I would definitely like to watch something like this again. And I, I think it would have drawn me in for sure.
0: Nice. Um, yeah. And it did an, an okay job of kind of, I mean, we, you know, we, we talked about it through the, you know, kind of explaining things and that's kind of tough when you're kind of going in blind. Um, you know, it's, it's also tough because they'll, they'll probably replay at least two thirds of this on TV coming up in the couple, couple weeks. Which is always right. kind of frustrating. So why would you why would you buy the pay per view? You know, but sure. um, this is a fun you know fun pay per view. listen it'd be fun to talk about Will uh, what Will saws were. But I mean, we got some storyline for the We ended some storylines. Um, you know, I don't think the shit with Mark and Silas is over. You know, I think hopefully Matt Hardy's not making more of a return, but um, we'll see. But uh, Jimmy Jacobs, like I said, the decade and Chris Hero. I'm pretty fucking stoked.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A good, a good way, a good pay-per-view show. I feel like to end the year of 2013 and um, some interesting nuggets at the end, you know, to sort of um, in, you know, add intrigue going into 2014. So that was good.
0: I mean, besides the, the tag team title match, there wasn't really a bad match on the show and that wasn't a, I shouldn't say it wasn't a bad match. It was just disappointing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, you know, now being smarter, you know, smarter than we maybe were back then, it's like, you know, tough spot to be in after that stretcher match, you know, for, for what that stretcher match wound up being like, that's a tough spot
0: to be in. Yeah. An army stretcher. ay, yeah. All right. Well, um, as we've been uh, here for well over three hours, um, thank you for that, by the way, I appreciate you coming on. Um, and you are more than welcome whenever. Um, you know, if you want to do another episode of this or if you want to do a watch along, uh, but for plus train station, uh, tell all the high fivers one last time where they can stop, uh, find you on the, in- the internet and whatnot.
2: Sure. Well, I'll, uh, I'll plug my personal stuff first, but I'm m- certainly want to plug the Mark Order podcast. So if you would like to follow me personally, you can find me on Twitter at Ant money. And you could find me on Instagram at antmoney money, two, four, seven, Um, I post sporadically So feel free to follow me if you want It's a lot of like music stuff and general bullshit Um, But More importantly, certainly check out The Mark Order Podcast, I'm there Pretty much every Wednesday night At 10.15 I mean, the show happens every week at 10.15 uh, After uh, Dynamite goes off the air Uh, But I'm there almost every week Uh, Follow us on our socials At Mark Order Pod On X, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook Uh, and, uh, check out our YouTube channel, um, and, uh, hit that subscribe button. Check us out. If you don't watch Facebook, go to anywhere you find your uh, podcasts, look us up, subscribe, like rate review, all that stuff helps us as much as it would help, uh, Tom. So make sure you're doing the same thing for ROH revelry and anything Tom's doing subscribe, like rate review. It helps with those algorithms, people. Uh, and Tom, this was a blast, man. Anytime you're, you know, you want to have me on, I'm, I'm open.
0: Yeah, this this is great. So um pretty close to a new record. It seems like Final Battle uh tends to be our longest episode. Uh but if you are listening to this, um Ring of Honor Rover on the Visionaries Gold Media uh feed, make sure you are checking out the Mark Order podcast. Um it's very similar to our show, but very different, if that makes sense. Um, like I said, if if we were doing if you were I think if you guys were doing this show, you'd be the same. You know, you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. It's getting
2: I do have to say, too, Tom, uh, I forgot to at least mention we've been uh, doing a lot of planning for 2024. I know I sort of said it before or maybe we were talking about it before we went on the air, but um, we're doing a lot of planning for 2024. We're actually starting a collision watch along show uh, on Saturdays that will start to take off in 2024. Pretty much the first collision of 2024 is when it should be starting. So we're adding more content. We've got other shows sort of in the queue that we're gonna work on through the year. So um, make sure you're following along with us and um, you know get in while we're still at the ground floor.
0: Yeah, yeah, four years in, but uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but seriously, uh, and I, I can't thank you enough, man. This has been a fucking blast. Um, I'm literally looking. Yeah, we are at three forty-five. So. And I could,
2: uh, Tom. We could find anything else to talk about, probably for another two hours. So, easily, you no. Know, we could uh, certainly, like you said before, you want me and Mrs. Money to come on and talk about radio and music and that stuff. We could do that for God wow. for hours.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. We will have to figure that out sometime in the new year. Um, don't let me forget. But yeah, it would be fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, this is a fucking blast, man. And, but so sorry it took so long. Um, Will, listen, well, so we, we missed you, buddy. Hopefully, everything's good on your end. Uh, but high fivers, uh, make sure you're following the mark order, but, uh, we'll talk to everybody next week.
1: This has been a Visionaries Global Media Production. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale.